0: Now ladies and gentlemen, if you would please welcome to the nice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. welcome back to the has presented by 10k takes brought to you always by the chill boys and you can go on www.chillboys.com and listeners you can type in h b 15 to get 15 percent off your first order from the chill boys get your underwear socks made out of bamboo and i am joined today by trevor olson jack mason a very special guest jordan j swish Sm- schmaltz swish how we doing today man thanks for coming on
1: fella 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 how we doing boys long time <laughs> listener first time caller at the has here so excited <laughs> to be here excited to talk a to little shop with the boys
0: oh, i'm pumped to have you on man but uh let's get into our weekend recap here brought to you by beauty status and like i said last week guys beauty status has those head covers for your uh driver and they've got poles now for the golf course, as well as all the other stuff. They've got, um, you know, stickers and flags for the man cave. Just very authentic stuff. Um, they do a genuine job there with the uh, Minnesota brand and, and hockey all around. Fellas, what would we, uh, we get up to on the weekend? I'll, I'll start us off.
2: Yeah, I had a couple of buddies come down from Duluth. We hit up uh, Stone Ridge over there in Stillwater, a little golf weekend. So we played that, that one on Saturday. A nice little track, Swish. I think you'd be, uh, I think you'd enjoy that one. A little linksy course. It's nice, fast greens.
1: You ever played so that one? Ridge. Is that out in Woodbury?
2: Yeah, it, yeah. It's right next. It's like Stillwater, Woodbury.
1: Yes, yes. Really good felt. Yeah, really good really felt. Good felt.
2: Yeah. Be right. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we played that one on Saturday, and then we made it over Troy Burn in Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, really, really, really nice track.
0: How would you fare there? Did you uh, did you win the tournament? Who chance
2: who um, to beat? I I was low score. I was low score, but we didn't really. We kind of just played money games on the side. It wasn't really yeah. like a standings type thing. It was a two man best ball type scenario. Um, low score takes it. So um, we did that. Troy Byrne. It was a Good tough man, track. Please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Ven- Venmo's Trevor Olson 11. Hit me up. <laughs> yeah, I'll take your Venmo. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. So it was, it was fun, and then we had the UND alumni event uh, yesterday, uh, which was Monday at the time, and we had about 50 guys there. It was fun.
0: Fuck yeah. I I actually uh, I missed that one. Well, I'll get into that. Mace, Mace, what did you get up to on the weekend here?
2: Uh, I went up to my buddy's cabin this weekend up in Shell Lake, and uh, lots of drinking, lots of boating. One, two good shit bars you know you know the drill standard yeah. Tied a couple on yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's usually it. how it goes
0: S- yeah. sit your ass at the bar and tie it on. tie a rope on your belt and just fucking sit there and hammer them back i was yeah. kind of
2: running the pool table for a little bit too there you go a little shark oh
0: yeah oh i
1: love that running the
0: belt jordan yeah. yeah. what did you get up to this weekend
1: well, this weekend, boys, uh, Friday, um, I just kind of hung out, hanging out here in Scottsdale, Arizona, North Scottsdale, to be specific, um, it's where my condo is. And then, you know, I was just kind of sitting around, uh, I had a free weekend, it just seems like everything in the last seven, eight weeks has kind of been, you know, just on the slate with weddings, uh, golf trips, this and that. So, you know, I didn't really want to uh, stick around the desert, just kind of being a, a solo guy, Nikki got out of town and a couple other buddies. So, I, uh, I booked a trip to Vegas. Uh, I just needed a Nevada touch. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> yeah. uh, to get to sin city, feel the energy um, yeah. and also watch a little league action, uh, with the summer league, uh, the NBA being there. So that was really cool. I watched, uh, about four or five games over at, uh, the UNLV campus, got back on the strip, started at the Cosmo, worked my way North, uh, on the felt, not a whole lot of luck, but uh, actually ended my night at the Win where I was staying. And, uh, ended up running into uh jr swish uh team swish was sitting at the <laughs> yeah. bar with uh, stack five i didn't have the nuts at the time to go say what up to him uh, but i gave him a little head nod for good measure you know just yeah. to so, yeah. so that was my we... weekend 24 hours in vegas uh it was awesome man i love that city i needed the touch so did you that was that did week. you
0: drive up there or you fly how, how how far of a drive is that
1: yeah so that's about a four and a half hour stick handle um and, you know, with the gas prices being what they were um, and ticket prices as well, it was coming out to be about even. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just fly there. You never know how that Sunday back's going to be, you know, coming out of the no, yeah, battle. So I didn't want to take yeah. the I didn't want to risk it for the biscuit, as they say. So I got on the flight, got on the bird, just a quick in and out. And yeah, man, it was awesome. So
0: you always want to was- you always <laughs> want to fly out of Vegas because they've got the slots in the in the airport. Yes. So if you if you lose your ass all weekend, I mean, you could potentially fucking get it back. And <laughs>
1: back. they always give you the chance to make it back sitting at C twenty two. You know what oh, I mean? It's yeah. just it's the way of the road, baby. You know, let's get yeah. hot before we leave here, baby. Last
0: so. time, last time I went to Vegas, actually, I uh, I lost during the, I lost during the weekend. I. Played a slot machine at the airport. Won 500 bucks. Fucking got it right back.
2: There you go. Unbelievable. That's all it takes. That's
0: all it takes. Fucking. (laughs) Thanks, thanks, fellas. Thanks for the fun. (laughs) We'll see you next time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. See you in about a couple weeks. Fucking.
0: (laughs) Always scared to get back there, though. Every time I leave, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I can't go back. Fuck.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, That's a scary place.
0: But, yeah, no, I, I had myself a hell of a weekend as well. Heading up to Deadwood, South Dakota. For a golf tournament with my Grand Forks
1: buddies, that, that looked unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Man, the game film out of that event. Oh my god! <laughs> Who's running that Instagram account? It was just <laughs> it was on fire. Perpy's Pur- 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 running the Instagram account. I mean, that makes sense. I thought it was him, but <laughs> yeah. just just cool.
0: And we're walking off the party bus at the at the golf course, and he's like taking a TikTok of like us walking off the bus, like. Going to the cup, and his TikTok, he gets like 200 views on his TikToks, and and these these videos got like 7,000. Really? Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> like people were loving these videos of us walking off the bus, just hung. Like, look at these idiots. But no, yeah, it was it was it?
1: Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like guys are like their wrenches are getting stuck in the party bus door. Like everyone's so hung, coming <laughs> oh, out. Yeah. dewey has got like four drinks. <laughs> this is unbelievable.
0: <laughs> you, got the, you got the golf bag like diagonal. So you go to walk out the door and you get stuck. <laughs> like oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> get me the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> oh man! And those in those pictures of you guys at like the old Western the, cowboy those were bar was oh, oh, my favorite. Oh, my favorite. It's perfect.
0: We, we, oh, I, we saw the place. Go
1: ahead. I just love love a good costume night. You know what I mean? It's just unbelievable.
0: There's nothing better than putting on a costume, man, and using props. Like, we walk in. We see the place. We're like, we got to fucking do that. We walk up there, and we we all get dressed. We got these fake guns, you know, and we're fucking, like, (laughs) fake shooting each other. And Dewey's like, holy fuck, this is unbelievable. Can we just pay you guys to just? hang out up here and fucking <laughs> like, we're, we're just a bunch of like 27 30 year old guys just fake shooting each other with fucking prop guns like, It was yeah. just insane.
1: having a day at glamour shots <laughs>
0: yeah. oh fuck it was hilarious but then yeah um, i mean just an unbelievable time I, I i actually didn't know how i was gonna be heading there like i was like deadwoods the population of deadwood is i think like 800 people there's no one but then you go there; it's fucking jammered. There's casinos everywhere, good food, fucking just everything. It's it's incredible. But
1: yeah, we, did you did you guys drive there? or Did you get on a bird?
0: So I there were I think there were seven guys that drove there and five that flew. I I hopped on a bird. I was gonna drive there. Obviously, the drive to a to a vacation like that it's like unbelievable because you're so fired oh. up the whole time. Maybe you know doing your shenanigans in the fucking car or whatever going down, and then. I just thought about the fucking drive back on Sunday, and I'm like, can't do it. I mean that, you know. That's it was like eight and a half hours back to Minneapolis, and I'm like, eight and a half hours sitting in a car. You know, anxiety going, like thinking, like, holy fuck, like.
1: Yeah, that could kill a
2: guy. Get caught I, up on I mean, work, you're a I businessman mean, now. You yeah, gotta, I mean <laughs> if
0: you put me in the if you put me in the driver's seat, I I might be turning the wheel left and just fucking <laughs> right into the, fuck.
1: Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: highway don't care, baby. Never has. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, good weekends. Let's let's move on to uh the fun stuff brought to you by Butter Golf, which is Jordo's
1: brand now. So he's been working on it for what a couple of years now, Jordo. Yeah. I would say more or less like 18 months. It's kind of been, you know, in the making, in the Um,
0: making. Yeah. And, and Jordo's a guy who's, he's always been a really creative guy and this is something, you know, kind of is in your destiny, kind of just creative, creative things and coming out with the stuff. And um, so butter golf's his, his golf brand that he's kind of come up with kind of caters to hockey players. I'd say the lingo that we have and created and, I mean most of it you've created and everyone else just says it, like myself. Like if you hear pretty much all the slang terms I use <laughs> yeah. are pretty much from Schmaltze here. So um wanted to get into that with you, you know, like we've got the merch on right now. Got a couple of oh, hats, yeah. you know. He's got yeah. he, he's got the uh yeah, the breakfast oh, yeah. ball T shirt there. We've got oh. the uh we've got the head covers, the big stick got the big stick
1: head cover there, that thing's filthy.
0: And, I mean, you're kind of getting these, like, like this shirt, Jordo. The, the live, you know, the live, is yep. this the,
1: the Big Daddy live nudes shirt kind of, like, idea? Yeah, exactly. It was just, it was a spin off of that. You know, I, I always, you know, you know, especially being a, a good buddy of Uncle Rico, uh, who is Colton Sanderson, for the folks that don't know and are sitting at home, you know, just always, like you guys, right? Like, big Adam Sandler fans and whatever. So, I, that idea of that t-shirt was, you know, I actually... One year I was playing in San Antonio, I had a live nude sign in my apartment. You know, I turned it on every night. I just thought it was hilarious. (laughs) So that idea of that shirt was just, let's get like something kind of live nudes, but like, you know, spin it to a golf type thing. And let's factor in Caddyshack night putting to go along with that fluorescent light. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the idea there because Chevy Chase too, you know, night putting is just classic, you know, with the Dean's daughter or whatever the story is. So just kind of, you know almost like a hybrid mix of of those two things um and you kind of just play around with it i'm not a very good drawer myself but i think i'm good enough to you know map something out or sketch something out yeah. where i can take it to someone like a graphic designer and then they can put their own twist on it and make it come to life you know what i mean so that's yeah that's kind of how that, uh, that's unbelievable off, so and the
0: and the breakfast yeah. the breakfast ball one is just genius like yeah we seem everyone to be matching
2: t- it, it, we sent this in the group chat, and the other guy in our group chat was just like, I love that pancake shirt. And Gager yeah. goes, Yeah, that's the breakfast ball. And we were just yeah. dying. Every laughing.
0: golfer knows the breakfast ball, right? Like he doesn't <laughs> oh, yeah. know the breakfast ball.
1: Two off one, three off two. It's classic.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what
1: well, you shoot? Uh, you know? So, no, man, it's uh, that, that shirt there. The breakfast ball was actually um, doctored up by a girl that. Um, I know Ozzy um, went to school with, and myself. Her name was Bria Um She uh, was a just a freelance type artist, um, just a cool girl. She worked at Archives uh, back in the day at the coffee shop. Um, married to a to a doctor now, but she's just uh, she's awesome. She always gets the, the kind of the vibe or the yeah. the vision I have, and I'm able to send it to her, and she just whips it up. She just did crisp rice, you She know? did so it, she cool. did
0: Dale's or Clark Saunders um, tattoo yep, too. tattoo. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the so yeah, skull, she's, uh,
0: she's the awesome. The yeah, she's, she's a weapon. Um, we all used to, I know when I, when she was going to school at UND, I was a freshman, pretty young. Yeah. But she was like that. She was always like the girl, like, ah,
2: She was the
1: jaw dropper. Maybe, yeah.
0: maybe I'll get a chance with Wiki tonight. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and she realizes you're a hockey player and you got a 14 on your ACT and she's you know, <laughs> yeah. the doctor. You're like, all right, where's the door? Like, I'm she out saw, of
0: here. She saw the writing on We couldn't trick her. There are others that we could trick, but she was a no. little tougher.
1: She was too smart. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, you've got the butter golf. You're also still playing. So you're doing both. Like you're still a hockey player kind of running this, you know, brand that you've got. Um, I mean, is this, you know, every, I I always talk to hockey players who are still playing and we've talked to guys who are has-beens like ourselves, you know, one of the toughest parts is when you retire, who, what the fuck are you doing? Who are you? You know, like you've, you've lived your whole life you still are a hockey player. Like, you've never lived a life without being a hockey player, right? So, like, that's a tough transition, and I just think it's unbelievable that you're still playing and you kind of already know what you're going to be doing once it's over. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And I just think, like, um, you know, when when COVID hits or whatever, I was just – you had a lot more time on your hands and, you know, you brainstorm or whatever, but I just think the – in the marketplace of golf, right? Like you have like big time brands that do a lot of good things well, like say like a Travis Matthews or G4 or some of these other companies that do things really well. But I still think, um, you know, there needs to be a brand that kind of bridges modern lifestyle fashion to the real old roots of the game, right? Keeping it classy, but still, you know, adding your twist of, you know, maybe, you know, gambling things or, you know, funny graphics like the breakfast ball tea or night putting. And some of these things that, you know, that are, of how we speak in our terminology that people definitely understand um that are out there that play golf so i just think you know especially with the the younger age kids and things like that um you know there's definitely a spot for a lot more humor to be involved in the game a lot more terminology to get out there that people are saying that you know that aren't really you know selling things so i just think um you know there's a space in there there are a lot of golf brands but i think um if there's a way you can do it unique original and just be like true to yourself i think you know it could hit so we'll just, see where it goes i'm not uh i'm not sitting here saying like oh my god I'm, we're gonna be the next travis matthew yeah. at butter golf honestly boys i just want to see where it goes yeah. you know start something i think is cool i think it's even cool that you guys are wearing the t-shirts right now i think that's awesome for me you know so so you do it start, so off, it. start with buddies wearing it people wearing it start pushing product and and we'll see if we can get lift off with it that's kind of the ultimate dream it's, i think uh and especially as you know i still want to play hockey and things like that but if i'm able to get butter to a point where you know i you know say four five, six, seven years down the road i'm stepping away from the game and now butter's rocking and cooking well you know i'm stepping in and i'm moving yeah. and shaking right away so for sure um yeah it's cool man it's uh something i just wanted to start and we'll see where it goes and like
0: you said not every you know all these golf brands they seem you know they're serious not everyone's playing the fucking ball as it lies you know yeah you know, I'm oh, giving, I'm giving at that the thing muni a fuck cor- f- At the local we're,
2: Muni courses. We're, trying to, have, we're
0: <laughs> trying to have a fucking good time out here. They're saying, you know, I, I'm aware right. I'm not in the PGA. You know, you play with some right. guys, they think they're fucking on the PGA. You're like, buddy. Well, you, you're fucking darting an 85. Yeah, you, what are you right. doing? Yeah.
1: Like, Oslo, you're, you turn your back. Oh, yeah, I'm fluffing that up.
0: What do you think yeah. I play a Titleist for? You know, you go in the yeah. woods. Oh, I got a titleist, found a Titleist. Yeah, it's right here. You know, i play fucking yeah. Titleist one. Perfect.
1: You found your ball in the tee in the woods? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Look at that guy's swing. Well, fucking <laughs> drop one out of your pocket.
0: little OJ <laughs> <little> o- <laughs> Simpson action. little, yeah. little Dan Christo action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i hope Craig, oh, I, you know dk is gonna listen to this too and he's gonna be so rattled when i call him out for the oh, yeah. uh oh yeah i found it right here perfect look <laughs> <the label>, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: i do i just send you, send you a screenshot of his index right after <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i
2: do i do want to give you props so i mean it's no different than us getting in front of a mic and having this podcast right it's yep. just like taking a leap of faith but it's kind of yeah. it's it's cool too like when you're playing hockey especially pros you're just kind of sitting around once you're done once you leave the rink right you're playing 100%, 100%. video games you, you know if you're down south you're going to the pool whatever you're just dialing up different ideas i think that's so sick so first off we appreciate you giving us some some stuff to you know support you but we'll be Absolutely. big big fans down the road here too so
1: 100% yeah boys are looking sharp
2: they look oh. good. They feel good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. It's unbelievable oh, yeah. You,
1: stuff. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can wear that anywhere, right? You can wear that to the bar. You can wear that to the clubhouse. Whatever. That's that's the versatile shirt right there.
0: Oh, <laughs> very versatile.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, maybe so. you can maybe wear it to church on I mean, Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. <A> little breakfast <laughs> nugget. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's move on to the next segment here. The uh, drink of the week. In this one, um, we're actually all gonna kind of rate this drink what we think and the, and the drink of the week is called a Faderade and I was actually I was actually introduced to this drink by Giordo, um on some course I, th- I don't know what it was I can't remember the first time I want to say it was it might have been in Scottsdale like, hey, we need a, Faderade. Yeah, yeah. We need a yeah. Faderade hydrate also keep having yeah. fun here um, right so it consists of Tito's and some Powerade or Gatorade yep and I mean let's let's all take a sip, you know, maybe maybe fucking rate it however you want.
1: Yep, cheers fellas.
2: Yeah, that's that's just an easy 9 for me. Like it's not you know, 10's got to be something spectacular, probably something I can only have yeah. one cup of because it's too sweet, you know, like a Mike's Hard Lemonade that gets a 10, but this is a 9 for sure. It's refreshing.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm going I'm a little tougher on the scale. I'm going like 8.4. Um you know, it's not, it's nothing special, but it's, it's automatic. It hits every fucking time. And there's, there's definitely a time and place for this, right? Like you're not ordering That's, this, yes. you're not ordering this at the loop or the basement bar at you no, know 1am, no. like give me a
1: faderade, <laughs> but, right. uh, it,
3: it's totally zero. yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like the Faderade you know it's it's honestly kind of made for the desert brother like it's it's hot you know it's something to replenish you with the Gatorade but at the same time I'm gonna need a double Tito's in that Gatorade you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> to, to let me keep hitting it on the screws right yeah. I need that that Swing Oil something to get me to the green you know farm to table so for me I think you know I think it's somewhere in the eight nine range right like it's yeah. it's so not it's unbelievable pretty- right but you could have you know you could have four aside right you know there's easily. no
0: there's no limit to these right like no no you could keep ordering them all around and you're just fucking... right
1: because it just tastes like like a kind of like a watered down gatorade and if you got a little ice in that thing holy look out those are sneaky, <laughs> yeah. those you, are sneaky you, know? you think you, you're be,
0: you think you're getting hydrated and then by that fucking 15th hole your head's swinging back and forth in the wind <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure especially in the desert too getting a little lightheaded you know with that heat so <laughs>
0: yeah. um all right let's move on to the next segment here um I've got nail gun of the week. And I'll start us off. So my nail gun of the week, his name's Brady Johnson. He's one of my good friends. Went to the went to the Kitchy Cup in Deadwood with me. So Brady goes into the uh he's got a four-stroke lead with his partner going into the final round. Feeling good. We get to the 18th, they're playing last. And we're getting texts like, oh, yeah, they blew up. You know, they're, they're yeah. fucking, they're like six back. Like, they absolutely blew up. Four-stroke lead going into it just blew up. What happened? Brady rolls up in his cart, gets out of the cart, fucking just stumbles like 20 yards and falls. <laughs> and we're like, holy fuck. It's like, at this point, it's like three thirty, four 4 o'clock. We're like, oh, Jesus. What is he doing? He can't even talk. Like, he can't even walk. There's no way he- they told us he lost twenty some balls on the course, right. so he just blows. He just blows this whole round. Well, we got the rest of the day left. We go back to the Airbnb and <laughs> we're like, "Oh, this guy's done." I mean, how do you how do you fucking make it out after that? He ends up he ends up making it out with us, and then we get back. We all get back to our Airbnb and we're sitting around a table on our deck, and he's up with us until four a.m. Oh fucking my. nail gun of the week. How does this guy do that?
2: That is the battle level of a century.
0: He's blacked out at 4 p.m. <laughs> 12 hours later, he's still awake, just fucking
1: fist bumping. That's quite the day-night doubleheader right there. That's a, you every time, you know? unbelievable. You know, you're showing up at you know for a matinee, and all of a sudden you pass out, and You're back on it, right? So, <laughs> Extra. So I that guy's hand every time, right? Oh yeah,
0: and we've all been there, right? And it's like I ain't going out, like I'm fucking done.
1: Absolutely, he fucking
0: not. makes her out. So that's that's my nail gun of the week right there.
2: Anybody have? I'll go. I'll go next. I'm going Dean Blaze. Uh, you know, there's a lot of college hockey listeners. Uh, I I saw him at the uh, Monday event. Uh, 95 degrees, Dean Blaze, what is he, 72 or something? He's he's up there, 60, oh, yeah. 68, 70. Yeah, anyway, this guy's just sweating his tits off and literally, like, sweat all over the place. And <laughs> like Gage said earlier, uh, <clears throat> he comes into the clubhouse and, you know, he's walking in and he's, what's the leader at? And I think it was... I think it was twelve under or something. Brock Besser, TJ Oshie, you know Shane Gersich, the A squad. They're the best team. And Blaze walks in with his squad, and he's like sixteen under. <laughs> and he throws his card, throws his card on the table, and everybody's like, "Oh, fucking Blazer!" Well, then we go and do the shootout, and he bows out. He bows out of the shootout. There were supposed to be five teams. He goes, Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna play in that. Well, no fucking shit, you cheated. <laughs> you cheated, so you don't wanna see everybody watch your golf shots here oh, on sure. the first hole. So Blazer Blazer gets my nail gun of the week.
0: Blazer Blazer used to bring his wife on road trips in Omaha. And they'd take the sleeper, and the boys would be sleeping on the bus, and him and his wife would just have a bunk to themselves, just cuddling all night
3: on the bus. <laughs> no way! Oh yeah! I didn't know that. Unbelievable! Oh my God! Plus
1: one in the bunk!
3: Oh yeah. my
0: God!
1: <laughs> yeah. Get under the covers, fellas. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, imagine his wife's got to be such a beauty, man, just riding the sleeper on the fucking twin size bunk.
1: Imagine she's going to take a like go to the bathroom at the back of that bus. Oh my god, can't imagine. Good luck. You got to throw the aviators on just so you don't get pink (laughs) eyed
0: I've always thought about those buses. you're, You're just breathing in. Just shit.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah. You're, every oh,
0: yeah. guy on there's farting nonstop, and you're just breathing it. There's no, there's no circulation. Like you're yeah. fucking just breathing in shit fumes the whole time.
1: Like you know, for what it's worth, I'm not the you know a big mask guy, but I might be a mask guy if I'm playing the AHL these days. You know, just to hide those shit smells. <laughs> I, I don't know. I might be throwing the 3M on, fella. <laughs>
0: They all funny. The old N95, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Packing for a road trip, yeah. I gotta bring the N95 here. Um,
1: oh, so funny.
0: Mace, you got a nail gun of the week here?
1: Yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going with Billy G uh,
2: for letting Talbot go. Um, yes, I love. And that. his agent, fuck his agent. Uh, backstory: His agent uh, screamed at Billy G at the draft right after he resigned Flurry and. Then his wife went on Twitter and started tweeting shit. You
0: Can't deal with it. no. Get off our team. Yeah, you? he
2: just says leg mine. Fucking sends him. Who do you that. think you are?
0: You're I, fucking <laughs> yeah. thirty four. I love. I love how he's just like, yeah, no, I, I love Cam. Got fucking baggage. Fuck out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You know you got baggage. That is so sick. I
0: love Cam. He's got baggage.
1: Yeah. I don't. I, like I just. I just loved his quotes. Like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be here. Okay, we'll move you. You yeah. know, <laughs> you guys that don't want to be here, oh, that's okay, no problem. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That was so. That's so good. That's what winning teams do, though, man. They
0: yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to.
1: Yep, one hundred percent.
0: Jordan, do you have a nail gun of the week
1: or? Yeah, I was trying to think. I, I'm going to give it. It's a unidentified mail. It oh, was on my American Airlines bird coming back from Vegas on Sunday morning to uh, Sky Harbor in Phoenix um this guy this guy was just absolutely sauteed still um he was talking his ass off on the phone like so loud the whole plane you know he's talking about oh, we're at the spearmint rhino and this and that and he's trying to find like a space to put his bag up top on the overhead compartment and he's got a big bag and you know how it is when you get on a plane late there's there's not that much space and he's you know got a decent sized carry-on and he's jamming this thing in the you know in the overhead compartment it's not working and the guy sitting in my row um in was sitting in 12a i was in 12c on the in the aisle he goes hey man you take it fucking easy on my bag and the guy drunk on the phone goes fuck you man sitting sitting in the sitting in my aisle he goes fuck off. And I literally thought they were going to square up. I'm like, am I in the middle of a chuck? You know, going back to Phoenix at 10 a.m. from Vegas? Like, what is going on here? So, those guys are my... I wouldn't even say nail guns, just hardos of the week. Yeah, you know like what that. I mean?
3: Yeah. So That's a good one. That's a good it, one. Was, it was
1: hilarious though. It's just these two dipshits going back and forth about overhead compartment oh. space as middle-aged assholes it was just classic. It
0: would have been so good if they start chucking just right over your lap, just sitting there. <laughs> yeah.
2: I wear one. Yeah, <laughs>
0: just clip one. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's move on to the sin bin now.
2: Yeah, Jordo, um, I got uh, I got the sin bin for you. I've got about kay. uh, uh, fourteen just rapid fire one word questions. Basically, I need you to rate them one one out of ten. Okay. Okay. We're gonna start with Aaron Rodgers. Ten being the best. Ten being the best. Ten. Brett Favre. Nine. Rocco Grimaldi. Six. King's Walk. King's Walk? Yeah,
1: King's Walk. Three.
2: <laughs> Red Pepper.
1: Ten. Eleven, if I could.
2: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Ass. Ass? Ass in regards to girls. Next to our about girls. Ass. Oh, a nice outhouse? Ten. For sure.
1: <laughs> nice outhouse for sure. How about <laughs> nukes? Nukes, I mean, 9-7? You know, like, what are we talking about here? Bun Lounge. And Casino, 10. 100%. <laughs> Bonsers. I wasn't the biggest Bonsers guy, but I still loved it. 8, you know, 7, good yeah. spot. Not my favorite. I like that. Baby Cut. Baby Cut? Yeah. 4. I'm a draw guy now. Baby, dr- baby Draw? 10. Oh, turn it over on the screws. 420, the house? Oh, 10. Shooting in that garage, brother? Oh, I could go shoot there all day. Let's play a best of nine right now and line up the cuffs, baby. Yeah. The Ant Hill. 10, but my God, that place is disgusting. I still think I'm sweating out like, you know, an iron lung at some point. It's like, oh, yeah. pop up shit. I'm like, that's the Ant Hill. That's nothing else. There was so much mold in there.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: that's a perfect ending to, uh, to the sin bin because we'll go right into story time. I think we have a lot to talk about. Um my super freshman uh summer and Gage's uh freshman summer where you guys were living at the anthill. Yep.
0: Your the- sophomore year. It was actually yep. it was there. It was like the perfect storm having his Jordo's class with you know Bryn Chizik, Drake Kajula, Colton Sanderson, Zane McIntyre, Jordo, Colton St. Clair, those I think, like, you know, you're fired up going into college as a freshman. When you're going into your sophomore year, you're, like, part of the team, got nothing to prove. You know, you're fucking feeling yourself. You're out of the dorms. You're living in a real place. You guys were firing that summer.
1: Yeah, you're not getting shit on anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you're not doing the the rookie stuff that you have to do. Oh, man. Like, I mean, that that summer was unbelievable. I I think, you know, that whole summer – Us, you know, every weekend we probably snapped it, you know, Friday, Saturday, tape to tape right at the antel, you know, started with the beer pong (laughs) and the flip cup. And essentially, man, it was just the boys up there at the time. Like there was, you know, other athletes like the the women's hockey team and maybe the soccer team and things like that. But it really was just kind of a dude fest. You know what I mean? And and that's (laughs) That's kind of... I've always been like that, you know, just hot-stubbing oh, yeah. it with the fellas oh, yeah. and get in there, and who cares if there's girls? Let's just play beer pong, and there's probably going to be a fight that ends it, and <laughs> yeah. we'll do it again tomorrow, yeah. you know? So. It, was, it
0: was so good. they text us on, like, a Tuesday. You know, we always had the joke, you know, the, the Mets are playing the Braves, you know, come on over. Yeah. Yeah. Come over, the boys are hanging out. Women's hockey teams coming over, like lure us in, like oh, there's gonna be girls there. I'll come.
3: Yeah.
1: And just go <laughs> yeah,
0: fucking we would... go hammer bush lights upstairs. Listen to Dusky just scream at us the whole fucking night.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that was unbelievable. And like that whole summer, I mean, I don't even know if I can say this on tape, but I'm gonna. Um, we would go up to the top of the anthill, and we would have like a little little piece of felt or just some artificial turf, or maybe even just hit it right off the deck, and we would we would hit nuggets as in golf balls right on a university. ab, like turn over a foreign, <laughs> but like, Oh my God, you got a hold of that one. Holy <laughs> you know, <the> <laughs> really fuck were we idiots, man. But you know, just, just little things like that, or even just grilling out or having you guys come over and, you know, telling you they're going to be girls there and there's nothing and we end up just, you know, shooting or hanging out. Like those are the best times at Grand Forks, man. That's why the Sioux boys are so close is because you don't get that anywhere else. You know, bigger cities, you can kind of slide it from places. Maybe you go to your cabin or whatever, but Man, those summers were awesome. I didn't. I never wanted to leave. You know, it was the guys were so cool.
0: It was it was like so terrible in Grand Forks in the summer, but it was so awesome because it was terrible. Because we had we had to hang out with each other. There's no other option, so it just made it unbelievable. The
2: best the best was those little uh, golf things we would do. We we'd have the cup or whatever, and we'd go over to Kings Walk, and it'd be you know five teams or whatever it was. And then we'd golf, and it's a beer hole, and you know yep. there <laughs> there are people policing it too. Like, oh, yeah. how are you guys doing? By the end of it, everyone's you know pissing off the cart. And that, shit. that
0: was one of my that was one of my notes. One of my first memories of Jordo was we're going out to play Kingswalk in one of those tournaments, and and Rog we're, we're trying to go a beer per hole, and everyone, obviously no one's doing it, but I think Jordo pulled it off, and I remember seeing Jordo driving up to the the green on 18, just head swaying in the wing. Yeah, that
1: was, well, that was, I I actually just told that story maybe a week or two ago when uh, I was with my parents or maybe my dad, when he came into, into mini after, after uh, Sandy's wedding there. And I was telling him, you know, that day we, we would do all those, you know, the, the tournaments or just do a little two ball. But that day specifically, I remember, I shotgunned 15 beers out of 18 holes. I got 15 out of 15. I got to the 16th tee box. I couldn't even stand up. I mean, it just all hit me at once. I was like, holy fuck, but you bet your ass. I made it back to the hill via driver. And I was on the table probably no longer than 45 minutes after shooting, baby, you know, (laughs) stay with it. But but man, I, I remember that that was, that was crazy, you know, but that was, that's all you can really do up in the forks, you know, just, just get cut and figure it out. Go work out two and a half
0: hours with Pooley, fucking kill cool. yourself. And-
1: <laughs> yes. Skate for two hours and skate. then let's go, baby. And then
2: yeah. celebrate. That's exactly it. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's unbelievable. Jodo, um, I was gonna I, one of my one of my memories there was um kind of going off the hill was uh you and Chizzy going hard at the start, and then I think you guys got your second strike there, sophomore
1: year or something. Yes
0: was it second or third second? Like what was the story? Yeah, that- I
1: was, we had, we had gotten, um, like two, two drinking tickets in our, in our first year, you know, we got yeah. one like early, early in the year at rookie party just got absolutely sore. I woke up to a minor. I was in the bathroom. I locked myself in there, you know? Yeah. So to each their own. And then we got, we got chalked up later in the year. I think it was like after the season in the springtime, um, you know, I think the cops or, you, you know, university cops, they raided the Ant and, um, we hold it we held them off as long as we could but they, they ultimately found us on the rooftop um so we got chalked <laughs> up there and then um hackstall Dave kind of brought us in sat us down and was like hey boys you know you you know you got two right now um and you know the three strike policy with Dave yeah. and you know once you get there uh you better be a really really good player otherwise you're gas so <laughs> I, I didn't want to take any chances I kind of me and chizzy kind of you know yeah, hit out for you guys went for about Sand- a half a year there Sandra yeah we kind of for a bit yeah, I went went sober island for a bit there, uh, sophomore year. And then, uh, you know, ultimately, you, you can only stay away from the pita pit so long, right? So <laughs> that's, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a tough time, right? Cause you're, you're under 21, but you still want to, you know, yeah. go out with the boys and, and snap it and things like that. But at the same time, you got to realize, like, you know, uh, you got to respect this guy because I think he is a man of his word. He always has been hacked. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, we had to shut her down for a little bit. Uh, did get the red light, but there was it was a flashing yellow for sure. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's what I remember from that moment But it's like you guys obviously your whole class was just we loved you guys and it's so fun. That happened, you guys went on Sender for a bit, and I just remember when you guys got off Sender and turned twenty-one. <laughs> Chiz thought. I mean, Chiz thought like it was the Wild West. Right? I'm 21 now. I can do whatever right. the fuck I want. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. there's still laws out there, but right. I, you know, yeah, you can. <laughs> you <know? laughs>
1: for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a weight lifted lifted off our chest, and we, you know, didn't think anything bad could happen. But you know, sure as shit, it kind of did go a little sideways. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not for you, but Chiz got a got an unlucky break there. But
3: yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, the the really,
0: really funny really funny memory for us now it was pretty serious at the time you know yeah yep. Uh, we kind of lost chiz for a little bit there but hilarious yep. now it's unbelievable yep yep um but i did jordo can you can you touch on your freshman year um your guys fires you put up in walsh and uh squares and stuff that that kind of
1: got taken down do you remember that i do remember that i don't know if um We should go live on the air about that.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, I I don't know what he's talking about. We don't have to go live on the air. Um, Yeah,
1: we can maybe talk about that after. Um, Well, they basically
0: just put up flyers like having a shake somewhere, and they're like – the universe had like you can't do that you yeah, can't do that you can't put and, up flyers for a party here like, right what
1: you yeah doing? and maybe poking fun at a few people but you know we'll leave it at that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
0: so now i kind of just want us to uh you know kind of go back and forth on you know stories memories we have from und um yep. whatever crosses your mind uh does anyone have do, do you want to start Giorno, Yeah,
1: I can can start us off. Um, I just think uh, single-handedly one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of at UND um, and, you know, a proud founding father of this, actually, this event would be uh, Palooza. You know what I mean? And for the folks listening, um, Palooza was an event created by Colton Sanderson, myself, Bryn Chizik, and Nick Mattson um, my freshman year our freshman year, I guess. And essentially what it was, it was kind of like a spinoff of a, you know, a formal or some sort of prom event that, you know, maybe the boys didn't get to go to, whether that's sorority or, you know, playing junior hockey as a senior. So basically the, the whole idea of the event was you ask a date, um, ask her to go to Palooza, you get fully geared up, which is full suit tie. Um, you know, you have your date come over for the meet and greet, we call it meat and cheese, you know, you get the charcuterie board out, you kind of have a few pre drinks and we had that at the Ant Hill, um, along with a red carpet ceremony and you know you kind of get all the dates together it's, it's hilarious and it's a big whole thing and Then we had a a limo pick us up and take us to the only Michelin star restaurant in Grand Forks, which would be the Paradiso. Um, So we go, you know, get out of the limo, fully suited, girls dresses on. We go in there and we sit at Paradiso, which is just hilarious in itself, right? Like all the boys, you know, trying to like take it serious, but this is obviously a huge joke. Um, And yeah, and we would just do a a huge little night there, um, a little dinner a little award ceremony and then get back in the limo, take it back to either the pit or the hill and kind of just do, you know, a little party after. And, you know, 10 years later, these guys are still doing this. But the funniest part about Palooza was um, my second or third year, I introduced the idea to Rico, who, you know, was on the board at the time as well, (laughs) to, uh, to do like a little award ceremony. And I specifically remember giving Austin Poganski, this award was least likely to pay for their date's meal because he was just a cheap prick at the time, right? You know, so just, oh, I remember just It was hilarious, you know, like, or least likely, you know, not to hook up with their date, you know, I think this is more than friends or something like that. So we had the whole shebang, The red carpet where the boys are getting like we'd set up like a backdrop of something and the boys would get like a picture with their date or whatever love is in the air you know (laughs) whatever it is so that was just so funny and and a little backstory in the first year i was absolutely panicking um you know boys had their dates it kind of was like a spur of the moment type thing we had probably planned it for like a week or whatever but i was just lazy or whatever and i didn't want to ask anyone on a date i was a freshman i was like you know whatever so I end up asking this girl at like four o'clock, you know, Palooza starting at seven or whatever, maybe not four. It was probably like two. I'm like, Hey, you want you know, you want to go to this thing with me? We've got a huge event. It's like a you know, formal, it's a really big idea. I'm overselling it obviously. And she's like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, you got to wear a dress. And she's like, okay, but I have a friend here. I'm like, bring her with, yeah. <laughs> So these two girls will go unnamed. And, you know, I honestly hope they don't hear this, but I think my two dates added up to be about a seven, you know, so just, I wasn't working with the best town, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I ended up actually, I up actually ditching one of the dates, ponder on Chizik Chizik had up two dates. And I think I was trying to wheel someone else's date. So oh, yeah. that's what Palooza yeah. was all about. You know, you show up with a date, but you know, kind of everyone's fair game. So one of the, long.
0: one of the awards was most likely that take home someone else's date
1: yeah you correct. Yes. It's it, happened every, it happened every year <laughs> yeah i think i'd always give ladue that date too because he was always sniffing <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> man but dude 10 years later these guys are still doing it like i got my cousin on the team and yeah. it's like yeah it's palooza week and i'm like fucking rights fella let's go so i think it's something that you know, is is here to stay, and it's just it's so cool those little events that you can kind of throw together to make a Grand Forks, you know, winter go by a little faster, an off weekend. Um, but unbelievable time, man! Just Palooza, you know. It's, yeah,
0: it's such it's, an it's all time. such an all time idea because yeah, I mean, like you said, I I talked to a couple of guys on the team this year and. When I was talking to him, it was in February, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got Palooza next weekend. <laughs> like, oh, unbelievable. And I'm like, that's fucking incredible. Like,
1: Palooza? Yeah. <laughs> Palooza? I'm so jealous like, when I best. hear about it. It's the, the best. And these, best. And these guys these days, like, you know, for us, it was we, our circle was just kind of, you know, Grand Forks. We got guys like, thinking about flying in girls for a professional tryout or an official visit. You know what I mean? They're coming in from Minneapolis or, you know, say you found a bird at ASU and you're looking for an Elysian flight or whatever it is. It's, 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 it's really expanding. You know what I mean? So it's good to see. It's
3: good to see. Oh, yeah.
0: They're going to start sending out formal invites here with uh, in the mail. Yeah. You've, you've been invited to Palooza Grand Forks Paradiso.
1: <laughs> what? Oh man unbelievable
2: it is it is one of I, i i do have to say uh you know I was more of a friendly uh, person at those things. My date got uh, taken away from me three out of four years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you read about.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's fun. That's fun. That's good shit. You know the boys
0: are like, who's who's almost bringing this year? Uh, God, right. like, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you
1: shit. almost bring a girl just so you know. Maybe you're just friends with her, just to try to wheel a different. Girl. You yeah. I mean? <laughs>
2: yeah. So- <laughs> you, you play the poor me act. You know. Oh my day. Over there, making out with <laughs> right,
1: right.
0: There'd, always oh, be, there'd always be one pair, or two that were just way more drunk than the rest mm-hmm. of it. Like everyone yes. else, that was, drunk- that was, was my favorite award, the, the drunkest drunk couple. couple. Yeah. And it was just obvious every year. I was like, "Yep, mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously <laughs> you, fucking guys." Like, <laughs> yes, Jesus Christ, pull it together.
1: <laughs> Water's free, fella. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the ones. One of the ones I thought of, Jordan, when I was thinking about you, um was kind of just a tradition we had at UND was the pylon award as the D men on uh, the yep. team. So, I mean, we had this pylon award, I think we've talked about it a little bit, but it was, you know, we've we had this cone and it was the pylon award and whoever got walked the worst that past weekend, you know, handed out in court, you know, congrats, he's the pylon winner. Um, one of the best parts was it, it was hilarious because like we'd be on the we took it so far, like we are so competitive. We want to win every game, so we'd hate getting scored on. But if one of the guy if one of the defensemen got walked and the other team scored, like all the defensemen on on the bench, like everyone would be pissed, but all the defensemen would just be like
1: <laughs>
0: Pylon. It's a fucking pylon. <laughs> like you're so pumped, like, there it is, fucking right. You know like, I mean
1: just think about the defenseman we had in that era, though. Just like all-time beauties. You know what I mean? You got yourself. You got Soul Train Thompson, Keaton Thompson, Paul yeah. Dewey Cox-Ladue, myself, Nick Matson, oh. Andrew Panzarella, Statch, you know it's just simps like yeah we Madson. were such bros you know what i mean it's just the decor was just different you know it was a different vibe and like you said we were we were hoping someone we'd hope we get up about five two and Dewey get walked that was a perfect <laughs> yeah. night you know? Oh. you know
0: whenever dewey's getting walked the boys the boys are almost like hey hey, come through this handshake line like, you know? like, we're actually pumped too like nice cool <laughs> yeah.
2: oh man
1: so funny <laughs> So funny.
2: I do. I do want to bring up just because you know I'm thinking back at stories when we were there at the same time, and you brought up Pogo. How about Pogo's little act when he used to, uh, you know, fill up his red solo cup at parties with the water, water and ice, and he'd walk around and he'd act like he was you know getting hammered right. or whatever the old he, fake
0: buckle yeah
2: he was our sober driver back to the, the dorms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just walking around with a water cup and everybody's like fucking oh pogo's finally drinking nope water or gatorade <laughs> or sprite or whatever the
0: hell it
1: was oh yeah and he was always there that was the coolest thing yeah did. there was three things that, that pogo would always have you'd have the the water cup Argentina soccer jersey messi yeah. And he'd have the big girl sideburns, right? From Starsky <laughs> yeah. and Hutch. You know, th- those were the three three things he was bringing to the table. And But that's what, you know, like, I think, like, you know, some schools, like, maybe those guys, you know, don't show up that, you know, don't drink right away. But that kid was at every party. 100%. He loved it. You know what I mean? It's just, it was so cool. Yeah. You know? Respected. So. It's
0: like Corbin Knight, you know, exactly. The guys never had a yep. drink in his life. And he, he's at every party, every go night with the boys hanging out, like, you don't have to fucking you don't have to drink. Just hop we nope. just want you here, man. We just want to fucking yep. hang out. Yeah. That's all it's about. Yep. 100%. So, yeah, I mean that's that's unbelievable and and um Jodo, I mean obviously whenever I whenever I think about you um I think about the guys that were playing that year and our our kind of crew there and um one of the me- one of the best memories I have is Nothing to do with any of us. It's Dale Clark Saunders, who's just an absolute legend, you know, comes in from Alabama Huntsville. And, and <laughs> I still remember when when we came in as freshmen, Dale was a senior goalie and me, Dewey and Tomer, and LJ walk into the weight room and Clark, he's working out and we're like, fucking coach is working out. Like, what's, what's this guy doing? <laughs> you know, he's bald. He's bald with a fucking beard. And you're like, gee, you find out he's a player. Oh, he's a player. And then you're like, Jesus Christ. I hope he's not a forward. Like, I don't, I don't want this fucking guy <laughs> for checking on me. Like he's got a fucking kill. And then you find out he's a goalie and you're like, Oh, thank God. Like, unbelievable. Yes. And, then, yes. and, and you get to know the guy and he, he's the oldest guy in the team. And he's hanging. I mean, we were freshmen in Walsh. He was in our dorm room, like six times hanging out with us. Like <laughs> just hanging out in the freshman dorm room, having a great time. Well, anyways, Clarky. So we had this EGF golf tournament, and Clarky, Clarky went out the night before. He shows up two holes late, drives a cart up two holes late. Donnie Randus in our crew is it was me, one other guy, Donnie Randu, and Clark. And Donnie Randu used he played at UND a while back. He's the East Grand Forks guy now. And the whole time, you know, he, he's like. It was a Saturday, I think, and he's like, yeah, I, I just can't do it. You know, I got I got a family event tomorrow. I can't drink today. Clarky shows up straight out of, you know, wherever he slept that night. <laughs> shows up. He's got fucking Sharpie all over his arms, just everywhere. People, He passed out. People drew on him. <laughs> so he's got Sharpie all over his arms. He, sh- he shows up, and he, you obviously know Clark. He, he looks like he's 40 years old. And, you know, Donnie's like the fuck is this guy doing? Jesus Christ. He's got Sharpie on his arm. Like Clark, said, we start talking. Anyways, we're on, uh, we're on like hole eight or nine or something. Par three. And we're all, we had, we had all started drinking and Donnie's still, you know, can't drink. Sorry, boys. Clarky fucking darts one off the tee box, bounces once, bounces straight in the hole, hole in one. Throws the, <laughs> throws the club. Right. We're all fucking celebrating. Donnie's like, Let's fucking go! He's on the phone. Tap the fucking kegs. He's calling the clubhouse. Tap the fucking kegs. We got a fucking hole in one. Donnie's just getting hammered. Just, <laughs> just starts boozing with the boys. One of my favorite clarky memories right there. And he's he doesn't know anyone at this tournament. I dragged him out to and oh, no. Just comes to it, and he's oh, yeah. in the clubhouse after with all these East Grand Forks people. Just fucking hole in one. Bite everyone. Drinks. Just hammered. <laughs> Unbelievable
1: were you guys that's an all-time story and just so dale but were you guys there when jb spizo did uh like the things before the season like the military training ols were you there for that
2: uh so yeah he was there i think the year before i came in and then my freshman year we did it as well
1: okay so my I, were you there the year i'll just tell the story and i don't think you guys were there yet ozzy i think this was my freshman year or maybe it was a sophomore year he was there for both my freshman and sophomore years but anyways so J.B. um is like a military guy, um, special force type guy, and he does a lot of team building things um, with several, you know, NHL teams, football teams, a lot of colleges, this and that. So he came up to Grand Forks and put us through like a, a day or two of training. And, um, you know, one of the things is like a tactical day where you kind of, you know, you put on a bunch of gear, um, he kind of takes you like in a little like almost like army circuit where you're doing like all these different little activities where maybe you're jumping in like the Cooley and Grand Forks, or, you know, you're kind of, he's setting up all these little different things you have to do as, you know, missions. So, um, you know, like the night before, the day before, um, or even the morning of, you kind of got to put together like this like little packet of like, as you know, a, a probably like a gallon zip yeah. bag. Yeah. And in, in that would contain, you know, like a pen, a uh, piece of paper, all these little things that he wanted you to have for the task. So I, uh, you know, just about, we're all loaded up. We're kind of in like the bus entrance of the Ralph walking up the stairs uh, out of the backside towards the Betty.
0: Jordan, I'm going to pause you here. Yep. I know, I know exactly where you're going with this one. I was actually there. So
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this, this would is, have been my sophomore year then.
0: Yeah. This is, this is incredible.
1: <laughs> so I, I have this genius idea. Cause I know like this Pizzo guy, he's fucking, he's kind of coming off the top rope. He's intense. You know, he, he really wants us to buy into this, which was good. Um, but anyways, we, uh, we're about to head up um, the bus entrance, and I, I see Dale Saunders' Ziploc bag there. I'm like, oh, fuck, fucking rights. I end up taking his pen out of his Ziploc bag. <laughs> so we get up there. We're kind of um, on the backside of the, the wellness center there by the coulee, and Spizo appoints Dale as his team leader. And he goes, Sanders, where's your pen? And he kind of is like, all right, yeah, I'll get it out of my bag. You know, 30 seconds go by, he goes, Sanders, where's your pen? And now he's getting like heated. Like, you know, you're the team leader. Like you better be dialed in. Like you're the captain, one of the oldest guys here. You got to lead your troops. And Sanders can't find his pen. He's like, man, I literally just ran back to the locker room and put one in there. Like I have no idea where this thing is. (laughs) So he's scrambling. He's like, that's it. Sanders. You're carrying two 70 pound water jugs the whole day. And, you know, we're walking like, you know, a long time. We're walking from like the wellness center. You maybe got to go to the library. Maybe you got to go to like the Chester Fritz, whatever. So Sanders the whole day, this, you know, excursion is probably about six to eight hours or whatever it is, four to six. So he's carrying not only all of his gear, but two 70 pound water jugs all day. He's like, (laughs) you know, fed up at this point. We get done. He's absolutely bagged because it's, you know, late August and forks. It's 90 degrees with hundred percent humidity. And we get back to the locker room and he's like, holy fuck, someone stole my pen. And, you know, no one would admit to it, whatever, you know, it just kind of, it kind of blew by and like four, probably three or four months after that, we're all like sitting, you know, at a party kind of boozing. Everyone's like, you know, just talking about it. And that story gets brought up. And I finally admit to Dale that I stole his pen. And You should have seen the look at his face. He was so disgusted. He's like, Are you fucking kidding me? He's like, Actually, that's pretty funny, but like, fuck off. You know, just, it was all time because, you know, who knows a simple little thing. I steal his pen because I don't have one. I put it in my bag. He gets appointed as a captain and this fucking guy gets stuck, you know, carrying a shit ton of weight all day. It was just classic because he was so pissed off and I held it from him, you know, for Probably four to six months, and you know I'm hanging out with this guy every day. You know? oh, yeah. so it, it was all time. You know, uh, Sanders,
0: where's your pen? He's looking. Sanders, it where's your pen? I, still, like, I, I, st- I still, I still remember. I still remember his face. I fucking packed one. <laughs>
1: It was so classic, man. Uh and he just, you know, he refused to let it go. Like he was trying to get to the bottom of that. And I'm, you know, I'm telling, like, yeah, it's actually fucked up. Someone would do that, you know.
0: You know <laughs> give, him, give him that one, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We gotta find the guy who took yeah. it.
1: <laughs> Who's the pigeon that took it? You know, what the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> so, well, oh, that was classic.
0: Jordo, you mentioned JB Spizo, and I actually saw a news news article on him recently. Have you seen that?
3: I haven't no Spizo?
0: No, what's he doing? No,
1: what's
0: he doing? Spizo got uh, he got caught fooling around with a front desk lady in uh, Tampa Bay or Florida. So he was working for he was working for the Panthers. He got fired. He got fired. He 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 was fooling around with. uh, Good
1: for him.
3: Some (laughs)
0: some lady working for the Panthers.
1: Right, I was showing her a wrestling move. That's yeah. all. <laughs> you know, the old Brucey, yeah. and
0: that just you know that just shows you know we're all human. Because Spizo is one of the most detailed guys ever. Yeah, he's, he's gotten a little scandal. So
2: that guy was a psycho man. Those things were okay. fucking hard. Those were hard. They were,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think the viewers will really understand like how hard. Saunders had to, you know, how long he had to carry those jugs on top of, like, he was running with those jugs, man. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, those were hard days. Well,
2: he's he's the one guy that could probably do it. That guy was a psycho. Yep. So, yep. But I remember we were carrying our pack in the in the water my freshman year, and we had to swim with yeah. packs on it. That shit was fucking miserable.
0: In the coulee, we're, we're swimming around <laughs> probably the dirtiest water in America. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, we could have all gotten deathly sick. I don't know who okayed that. Swanee. Right. Right like how are we swimming in that coolie I mean there's probably <laughs> that dead so bodies disgusting. in there it was it was insane like I, I couldn't believe oh. that we were going through the coolie I was like hey are you serious I mean this is oh. this is just insane
1: Walsh Hall toilet water just disgusting
0: but Spizo reminds me of Goggins Jordan were you there when Goggins yep. came in yeah oh. so Goggins oh, yeah. You gotta tell this
1: story <laughs>
0: <laughs> David, David Goggins comes in he's probably I mean he's like maybe five times as intense as Spezo. He's, in, he's a nutcase.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: <laughs> and he, you remember he walks in and we're all sitting in the, the theater room or the video room and we're all waiting and he's like, points to Dewey, what are you thinking right now? And Dewey's like, oh, fuck. I don't know. That's the fucking problem. <laughs> Just fucking, you're not thinking about anything. You should be fucking thinking about how you can be better. You know, he just starts screaming at him, and everyone's just dying laughing. Like, Because if, you know oh Dewe- if you know Dewey, like, that's oh, just – Oh, it was so
1: funny. And Dewey's so just,
0: perfect. Oh, oh yeah. So
1: it all funny. just beat red just all time. You Why know? is
0: this fucking guy coming at me? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, like, Dewey, like, you know, he, he kind of, like, timed it out to be, like, right there, right as the meeting was starting. So he's in the front row, right, just taking all the steam. It just couldn't have been set up any better to it, you know, to that guy. It was, oh, no. It was classic, man. Oh.
0: <laughs> That was so good. Um, do we have any other stories about UND when we were there? I mean, there's. there's I mean,
1: there's, there's hundreds. Millions, I gotta, of, you know? I gotta, I gotta tell one more just for my freshman. Year. I
3: love yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Okay, so it's uh, it's right around like the Olympic break. Um, so NHL teams aren't playing. It's kind of like late uh, January, early February, and at the time. Uh, Mike Commodore, he had been in the league, but he wasn't playing up until this point. He was still kind of looking for a job. He wasn't sure if he was going to go over to maybe Russia or whatever. And it was kind of like mid season. So he was up in grand forks. Um, and Kami ended up doing about a two week stint. Um, just kind of hanging out with the fellas, um, you know, in and around the rink, working out, you know, maybe a little bit kind of getting on the ice <laughs> yeah. like, as our practices were done, snapping a few, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. just, you know, maybe a couple shots from the point and let's, let's get back to the bar. But one night, um, you know, it was, after like a, it was after, I believe, a Bemidji win. Um, it was Saturday night. It was a sweep. We kind of greased went out late, so the Ralph was rocking. And Kami was still in town, so, you know, he's going to come by uh, Gordy and Patton's place. They're living off of North 5th Street, um, kind of by downtown Grand Forks. So Kami comes by. Um, you know, we didn't know what time he was going to come by. Um, you know, it was kind of getting into about, you know, 11, 12. Like, is this guy going to show up? All of a sudden, he bursts through the door. Who does he have with him? He has sociology professor Francis White with him, who is a.k.a. Frank the Tank. And this guy at the time is probably, you know, more or less 55, 60 years old. Brings a UND professor to one of our parties, and the whole party immediately is chanting and banging on the roof. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. And he, like, hammers a beer. One touches one, and it's just it was unbelievable you know what i mean
3: yeah.
1: and the the following night we ended up uh you know playing it back um and doing uh the following night was actually super bowl sunday and mike uh mike put in another shift and he actually ended up passing out on the anthill floor at halftime at the Hill, just face down with a bottle of gray goose hope he doesn't get mad at me for the, telling the story but that's how it was and uh yeah and he uh you know three or four days later i think you know david haxtell had to have a sit down with him and said mike I think it's time for you to get out of town.
3: You know, <laughs> so, uh,
1: you wore out your welcome. Mike, it's time to leave. Thank you for coming, but it's good to see you. Good night. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> but, dude, just hanging out with him, like, he was he was one of the coolest guys I've ever met, you know? Yeah. Like, I was the kid with the pen and the paper just taking notes of this yeah. guy's one-liners because it was unbelievable. Yeah. Just the shit he was saying was just, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm hanging out with my idol right now. Oh, you know? so yeah. 100%. that was so cool and just you know to top it off Francis white being at a party just all time
0: <laughs> that is so all-time yeah <laughs> he's I mean Kami's like a Matt Green guy like uh, you yep. can't you can't get better than those two like
1: no they're just no, insane those are, those are all-time Sioux legends right there my friend
0: but yeah I mean that that story you just told kind of reminded me of uh Johnny Shotgun, and I, I noticed you wrote that down. <laughs> yes, and I have yes. that. On, I have that on my Dirk Diggler Instagram account. Johnny Shotgun doing the shotgun. Do
1: you have that video still? Oh yeah, I the has-beens might have to post that. Yeah, just so the good people can see it's, how quick of a gun that was. It's
0: <laughs> unbelievable. So Brendan O'Donnell brings his buddy, and uh, we call him Johnny Shotgun.
1: His yeah, Johnny got I remember this Johnny
0: got Yeah, just yeah. a beauty. He's loving it, being with the boys. We, I, I think we swept or something. We were having a big party. The pit was packed. Yep. He stands up on the counter, and everyone's watching him, and he's got a fucking beer, and he just deletes it in 0.5 seconds. And he deletes it and throws it down and just goes... Ah, like, it was the most, it was, <laughs> this
1: is the sickest celly I've ever seen. It was,
0: it was the most pumped guy I've ever seen in my life. Like, you would have thought, like, this guy just won the cup. Like, he was, yeah, you would so have thought jacked. he won
1: back to back mugs. It
0: like,
3: <laughs> was insane. It
1: was insane. Ah! <laughs> just...
0: i never seen a guy that... so pumped ever.
1: Oh, on the pita pit counter, too, just erupted. Like, probably, you know, 100 people just stuffed into a tight little pocket. Yeah. That oh, was just... all time. Just a tiny
0: a little fucking apartment, just wedged fucking ass. I'll,
2: to- I'll never, fr- this brings up a story. So in a, I think it was my junior year. So you, you were well off, Jordo Gage, yep. you were a senior at this point, And, uh, <clears throat> the cops, cops got called up to the Peter pit and it was me, John Simonson, Tucker Pullman, and then our, you know, our buddy Landon Hayes uh living up there and the cops got called all of a sudden we get a knock on the door and everybody's like oh it's you know it's fucking cops it's fucking cops and so i go answer the door and at this point you know i'm 23 years old or whatever so i'm laughing you know i open the door i'm like how's it going and he's he's like hey you know we got a noise complaint you know we got to file everybody out of here and uh he kind of takes you know takes a look in and he goes yeah we're not we're not going to hand out minors uh tonight or whatever just get everybody out of here everybody leave their booze here and just you know go home whatever so i'm like i go back in i'm like all right everybody leave your drinks you know no tickets just get your ass out of here you know get home safe whatever so i go stand out in in the hallway with the cop at the pita pit you know tiny little hallway there's two apartments or whatever so i'm sitting there chatting with them whatever and we were talking and all of a sudden you know the last few stragglers walk out and I swear to God, 200 people walked out of that apartment, 200, 250, something crazy in a a tiny ass apartment. And the cop just looks at me and he goes, man, that's an impressive amount of people to fit into that place. (laughs) (laughs) But that was that was every Saturday night. It was the same fucking party every Saturday night, 300 people in that tiny ass apartment. And this cop was just like shocked that just we fit awe. that <laughs> I remember if, to get from one one end to the other you had to walk like this all the way through the oh, entire my yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Light, lights are all shut off just pitch it's you can't see anyone's face see uh, uh,
1: anything Who are you? aside from a couple, a couple of janky Christmas lights that are falling off the you know the ceiling that's all the lighting that was in those places
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean the best pit memory was was when we dusted Miami in the flip cup game and
2: yeah
1: oh yeah
0: they're all, all in track suits, and we're chanting, you know, "fuck Miami." After we win, <laughs> fuck Miami.
1: They're joining in too. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. And then you know,
1: to fit in with the party.
0: And then, all right, thanks for coming, boys. We'll see you later. <laughs> yeah.
1: We had a uh, a guy that'll go on just kicked them out. Thanks, boys. Keep the change. <laughs> yeah. Here's your the cabs are out front. You're heading back to the Hilton Garden Inn. Thanks for
0: coming, though. We'll
3: see you next year. <laughs> just beat them. Oh. Se-
0: just beat seven-one.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> beat them seven-one. Just dusting them off. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable. Oh,
0: so good. Okay, I mean, we we can move on past UND now. Jordo, I know you have you've got a couple stories after UND. Um, i do as well yep you you thinking of anything right now that comes to mind that you want to mention that
1: just as far as like a story
0: yeah just anything we've yeah after i mean anything that involves kind of us or whatever we whatever we did after und and
1: yeah i got i got one here teed up um i think uh you know more than anything it's just it's kind of funny um so probably two years ago now we were all living in in minneapolis um and it was kind of like a COVID, the COVID summer where you, you couldn't really do anything. You couldn't go to bars. You, you know, they had all these rules and regulations, and you know, everyone knows that. But for whatever reasons, um, you know, bo- boat rentals were still happening, and you could rent like a, a yacht um, on Lake <laughs> Minnetonka. So I kind of came up with this idea. You know, I had, you know had heard through the ranks of just you know seeing dumb shit over the internet and whatever. I I pitched it to the boys where I wanted to do a players' ball, which is essentially, you know, a gathering of of pimps and pimpets. you know, a day of just just celebrate being a player. So I had this, you know, kind of this uh, spinoff idea of what I've seen, um, you know, just game film out of different players, balls and things like that. So basically, we, you know, the boys, we got all the boys um, to do, you know, either you can show up with a date or not. Um, $50 for one, 110 for two gets you in the door. Um, but basically it was just a yacht party where, you know, you kind of just dress up as a gangster or a pimp for a day. And, uh, you know, you kind of throw on an outrageous outfit. Um, I always said, you know, the player's ball should have more alligator and fur than a Louisiana swamps, you know, so get decked out, (laughs) throw, throw a nice player suit on, whatever it is, a cane, you know, a pimp hat, uh, some snake skin, whatever alligator skin, a mink, and just, just go ball out. So we had a, we had a hell of a day one summer, um, about 60 yeah. of us, maybe 70 of us, uh, you know, congregated together to, uh, you know, have a celebration of pimps and pimpettes. And we right. haven't done one since, but my God, that was an unbelievable day.
0: That that, sh- that should be an annual event, the Players' Ball, because that was so funny. You know, like we, we all kind of dressed up, you know, how NBA players would go to their Players' Ball, like <laughs> – it's a bunch of fucking white nerds, you know, walking up. <laughs> you got thinking,
1: the cheetah print on or whatever it is. Nails,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just feels. It goes back to the costume thing, you know. You you put on yeah. a whole costume. There's nothing there's better, nothing better. No. you know. Like no. if you were just... in a costume, anything, you you feel like you're a different person. Like I, oh. I'm not even myself. I can do whatever oh. I want. The, you know?
2: the the Halloween parties were always the best, right? Like yeah. I mean, I yeah. I did some outrageous shit. Like I was a fucking Teletubby and a fucking bunny one year, but. Yeah. Like that shit is fun. Dressing up and just going out and drinking and doing stupid shit. Like that's, that's fun. I, w- I would come if you guys had another one in Minneapolis. I would, uh, we do, you, pay do you the need fee. to throw one
1: down again. We
2: yeah. gotta
0: get one. And another one I had after UND, um, during COVID, and, and we're obviously on Zoom now, which brings it to my mind. Um, we had a, we had a UND, we had, we had like a beer pong tournament through Zoom. And, so we'd all get on Zoom, and you know the tournament's set up. These guys be playing. There'd only be two guys playing. You know, it's just one v one. you know, just fucking darting against each other, and the rest of the boys would just be on Zoom, just watching a beer pong game. like <laughs> Just fucking spectating. Like, oh yeah, good shot. Is he gonna go? Oh. Ball- Is he gonna go balls back here? Holy shit! <laughs> oh, dude.
1: It-, it was unbelievable because it was a t- it was a twenty man tournament. It was uh, double elimination. And those days, boys, like I was a commissioner. So I would have to sit on Zoom. You know, we had guys, you know, in three or four different time zones. We had Dale Saunders overseas. So scheduling these games, like I got a guy like Nikki Schmaltz. If he needs to play someone on the, on the, you know, on the East Coast and he's in Scottsdale, he's playing like a Tuesday matinee at 2 p.m. Like, and we're playing, we're playing real beer pong rules, best of three. So that's three beers a game aside. That doesn't discount OT as well. So, you know, you could be all in for, I don't know, like 15, 16, 17 beers walking out of one game. You know what I mean? So it's just, it was, it was unbelievable in the sense of, I would log on to zoom at like noon every day. And I think I would be on there till about, you know, one or 2 AM Eastern. And that was like 14 days straight of like March madness style games. It was insane. It was so
0: funny. I I remember one game I ended up losing in like game, it was overtime game three. And then I got challenged by another guy and we, I I had went into overtime and my other two, and like two of my first three games. So I'm already 12 beers deep. And then I play this other guy and we play a best of three, just side match while the real match is going on and end up drinking, you know, nine more 21 beers on a Wednesday. And just (laughs) by myself in a garage. And I remember walking inside, like can't even fucking open my eyes can't even see it i'm just like jesus christ it's wednesday
1: (laughs) i'm by myself (laughs) I, i was going to the liquor store i'm not kidding you every day picking up a 24 pack of coors tall boys and they were like gone every day i'm like do i have a problem or are we just shooting right now is this just the covid invitational but the best part about that whole whole thing was i mean it was an unbelievable tournament like it was just the support and just how many guys we had logged on playing even exhibition games a day, or, you know, just not even scheduled tournament games guys would hop on for a one-on-one just, you know, I got to get some reps in, but the championship game, we actually pulled the strings together and I'll give dusky credit on this one. Colton Sanderson, he ends up getting Mark J Lundquist who sings the national anthem at the Ralph Ingolstadt arena to do the national anthem for our COVID beer pong <laughs> permit via Zoom, we're all standing there on Zoom like this. <laughs> just in the we're, zone. From, we're all we're all standing. We're Mark like, J. <laughs> That's he a beer. He shotguns a beer and then rips the national anthem. It was the most butter thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, you remember
0: mid mid anthem? He he lagged out his Wi Fi. Quit. Yep, and we're all standing there like. <laughs> crazy. we're all talking and jordan you were wearing a wig at the time what are you, oh, yeah. one of your black wigs
1: and
0: like, holy fuck and then all of a sudden he pops back in and He's mid anthem we're like we all just shut up again and just, <laughs> yeah, fucking...
1: just right here Dude, i didn't take i didn't take that wig off for like i'm not kidding you over three weeks i think i slept with it i probably just passed out but you know what i mean that that wig was on for the better part of the month
3: it was all done
0: that's also what I wanted to ask you about was your wig guy, you know, you've been a wig guy. Where'd you get the idea? Um, For the listeners who don't know, Jordo, you know, like we said, we like wearing costumes, like being a little different. Jordo, he puts on a little different wig sometimes just has a little fun. So he's, he's got a good range of wigs here. So, I mean, where'd you get this idea? Is this on your own or?
1: Yeah, well, I I think Oswald, like, you always got to have a good wig guy, right? On speed dial, just some, <laughs> someone, some guy that's making your patterns and, you know, kind of has your vibe. But I basically got that. The, the whole idea of having a wig guy was from Starsky and Hutch, right? With uh, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. And when they're sitting in the, in the locker room at the police station and they have the, the hand towels on and they're shaving, they're getting ready to go to big Earl's bar and Starsky's sitting on, sitting next to, to Owen Wilson, the Hutch. And he goes, who does your wig work? He goes, what? He goes, you don't have a wig guy? always got to have a wig guy work. <laughs> <Especially laughs> ever since then like me and my brother you know just that's just a, such a subtle line in a movie like you know you don't have a wig guy what do you mean so that's really like, kind of where it like originated and then i just think it's hilarious like i've literally you know gone out to cove and Wizetta and put my wig on and just <laughs> sat there like and had a dinner yeah. and they're like people are looking at me like what the fuck is this guy doing and i actually turn into an alter ego i go by clay when i put the wig on Oh so I'm fuck yes now.
3: i'm clay you know i love so, that
1: I've worn that wig to fucking yeah. Cowboy Jacks, Slims, you name it. You know what I mean? When the wig comes out, you know Swish is high step. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Okay, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get into your career here, Gordo. Um, yep. Obviously from Verona, Wisconsin. Um, got an athletic family. Really athletic family. Brother plays for UND as well. Um, sister played volleyball at Kentucky, correct? Yep. Yep. Um, dad your dad played football right at UND
1: yeah he was Mark Pullman's roommate they were both receivers at UND
0: so oh, I mean how, how do you get into hockey your dad's a football player so I mean my dad did the same thing played football how do how do you how do you guys start playing hockey
1: yeah I, I don't know it's probably similar to like you Ozo, and probably same with you also you, you know Midwest kids I think you kind of grow up playing you know a bunch of different sports whether that's golf baseball hockey football we, I mean we did all of that um and then there kind of comes a point um, where you got to pick a sport where, you know, you're know, you going to make one of these, you know, serious or a priority. I mean, I played football, baseball um, and hockey, obviously, but those two other sports up until 10th grade. And then I don't know, man, I just think, you know, we, we always liked it. We always played it, but we always enjoyed other sports too. Like when it was hockey season, it was time for hockey. If it was time for baseball, we were putting the hockey gear away, you know, maybe do a one or two summer tournaments and play for baseball. Sure. And then in the in the fall was football. So I think we kind of always just, you know, liked playing every sport, like watching sports and whatever it was like, you know, kind of like most kids that, you know, want to make something out of it. You, you have that competitive drive, whether you know it or not at an early age. And I think, uh, you know, for us, my dad just threw us into a bunch of different sports and kind of just said, you know, just figure it out. And if you like it and you work hard, I'll keep, you know, taking you back and do whatever you can. So that's kind of how we got started in hockey, um, in all different sports. I think, you know, being just an athletic family, uh, we just were thrown into the fire and, you know, hockey, for whatever reason, kind of stuck. I, I, I want to
2: talk on that point just quickly. I give your parents props because you, both you and Nikki are, um, nick schmaltz you know i say nicky but uh both you guys are are one of those guys that you you know you pick up a football you throw a perfect spiral you know and it's yeah. it's not like a you, you, you play guys pick are up just,
0: basketball and they're y- fucking the best y- y-
2: yep and it's just it's just really cool that um you were part of that you know all of that all of those sports are part of your environment and like you can just yep. you can just pick something up and just and you're competitive and whatever and it's but it's really cool that you stuck with hockey and obviously it, it paid off in the long haul. So
1: um. for sure. And like, like my dad, like we used to, like he would throw us in basketball camps in the summer, you know what I mean? Just to work on our hands or just even just play a different sport and meet different people. And, you know, that, I think that's kind of, I mean, not that I'm saying I'm the best locker room guy ever, but I think I'm able to understand a lot of different personalities and people because of those experiences. Right. And same with you guys, like you can mold and, and shift and your, you know, glue guys and locker rooms and things like that, where yeah. you know, maybe if you just play hockey, maybe you, you don't get that because you've only had the hockey player in you, right? You didn't see all the different backgrounds of that other sports bring. And I think that's that's huge for kids, right? Like get yeah. out there and, and play different sports. Like fuck, no one cares that Johnny's the best player at hockey when he's 10 years old. Well, Johnny might fucking suck next year. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: have fun with what you're doing, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, man, just Obviously took it seriously growing up and things like that, but just, just being kids and, and hanging out in hometown USA, baby, in oh, Verona, yeah. Wisconsin, and just kind <laughs> of no, snapping it around. So. No,
0: yeah, Jordan, we've talked about a lot about locker room guys, right? Like everyone, you know, everyone talks about the, you know, the, the skilled guys, obviously the good players. Um, no one realizes how important it is to be a good locker room guy. Like it that that yep. – it's almost just as important, you know, as is what you can bring on the ice, cause if the if the boys in the oh, yeah. if the boys in the room like you and and the coaches like you, like do you know how much that does for you? Like it, it's a it's a lot. And like you said, all those locker rooms are different. Like the, the baseball locker room, it's it's different. The football locker room, it's way different. You know, like yep. the hockey locker rooms that one it's it's what you play for. It's what I played for is the locker room. Like when people ask me, you know, do you miss playing hockey? I'm like you know what? I'll be honest. I don't really, I don't necessarily miss playing. I just miss the fucking locker room, man. Like going yeah. in after practice, being there before the games, before practice, after. That's the yes. best part. That's, that's literally what Keeping you light, like. No? Yeah, that's yeah. what you do it for. Like every yeah. time I think about hockey, all I miss is heading into the locker room in the morning, pouring a cup of coffee, sitting down in my getch you know, and just shooting the shit with a couple of fucking assholes, you know, just oh, yeah! hundred
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> percent. It's unbelievable. hundred percent.
0: So you play, I mean, when you grow up, you're playing triple A, not high school in, in Wisconsin, right? So you play, yep. are you, you're making the trip to Chicago and then, and then, um, you're playing for what TI or, uh,
1: Chicago mission. mission. Yep. Yep. So like, uh, I think I played Madison capitals up until my peewee minor year, which is still a triple a team. And then a bunch of us went to a team called Wisconsin triple a, which was based out of the pennant center in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So we had about three or four families, um, from kind of around the area of Verona and little small towns, just suburbs of Madison that, um, would make the trek. We had three or four of us and, you know, the parents would kind of rotate off driving. So, you know, say my dad drives on Tuesday, other buddies drive dad drives Thursday for practice. And then, you know, the third guy would take us to the games on the weekends and things like that. So we had a system locked in, in place. And then, you know, ultimately that team just kind of split up for whatever reason. And, um, we had a, a coach out of Chicago who was coaching us for the Bauer selects at the time, both me and Nick, which was a summer team that was nasty growing up. Um, kind of just kids from all over the country as you go play at different tournaments so he approached my dad about, you know, maybe, you know, making this work. And it, it kind of seemed like a crazy idea with, you know, parents driving down Chicago, two and a half hours, one way twice a week, and then on weekends. But, um, you know, honestly, it probably made us who we, who we were. And especially, you know, Nick, um, obviously would get to play with guys like Willie Nylander, uh, Christian Dvorak, and some of these other guys. So I think it was just, you know, so cool what, they were able to sacrifice it's you know my mom's a doctor my dad works a full-time job too it's not like they're both ones to stay at home right yeah. so it's just crazy how they were able to to make that work for us and literally do anything for for our hockey careers and and things yeah. like that. I mean you can never repay someone that you know does something like that. Mm-hmm. We're forever in debt and too bad Nikki doesn't even still take out his wallet at you know family dinners. He's still making fuzz soap. So that's pretty funny. You know, I make five point five point eight five bananas a year, and Schmaltz is still taking out the MX. Oh, Pull the old Louis out and uh, maybe maybe soak one of these
0: dinner oh. dinner dinner bill comes and eight's headed to the bathroom.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah going exactly. to take, <laughs> take a fake shit. All oh, fuzz paid Oh, thanks, buddy. You know. <laughs> so, as so as much as things changed you know, they still remain the same yeah, that way. So sure. yeah, for just sure. it was, it was honestly, you know, that's the coolest thing that's uh, anyone could ever do for you. Right. Give yeah. you belief and give you, um, uh, you know, whatever you need to do to, to make uh, your dream come true. So yeah, they're uh, pretty special people, man.
0: It is. That's, that's probably why, you know, hockey parents are just, you know, absolute dick just dumb asses you know just fucking yelling at coaches yelling at reps <laughs> fucking 12, yeah. 12 years old like what are you doing
3: yeah i don't what know what i'm
0: doing? i don't know what i'm doing i'm fucking obsessed with my kid i don't know well, has- yeah yeah <laughs> okay so you you started out in sioux city in the ushl correct
1: yep yep yeah i was and, a futures pick by them back in the day
0: and then, obviously, you get back to Wisconsin, you get back to Green Bay. That's got to be a little bit better there, eh? Yeah, it
1: was just it was just so nice just, you know, being closer to home. We had a wagon of a team. Um, I got traded earlier in the year to to make a run, you know, at the at the Clerky. We ended up getting it done. How are you? But uh, that was, I mean, that was one of the the best years of hockey in my life. Like, that that team probably would go down as one of the best USHL teams of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, like, points-wise or win percentage, it's still up there, so – yeah, just that was a, a beauty, beauty crew of guys. A guy I actually played with last year, Alex Broadhurst in Helsinki, was on that team. Um, he was our number one center. Um, you know, guys like Grant Arnold, who played at Denver, just, you know, ultimate beauty glue Nolan, guys. Like, Nolan, like, Nolan she, Laporte? Yeah, Nolan Laporte. Psycho. Like, these guys are, you know, Nolan Laporte and G Money Banks, like, you know, they're at warm-ups. they got their fucking visors cocked to the ceiling stretching at the red line just facing the other side the whole time for 15 minutes they don't even touch a puck you know it's just like it's just so just it was you know we had the we had the meat we had the skill we had the goalie we had everything that was that was one of the coolest years of hockey and Derek Lalonde um Newsy who's now the head coach of the Red Wings was our coach that year so yeah it was was cool, cool man Lalonde,
0: I I saw the Lalonde news, it's fucking sick Yeah,
2: Yeah. actually Lalonde So I I don't know if you remember that But I came up and played nine games with you guys that year Um, So I I had Lalonde that year And then the year after And then his assistant coach uh, That they just announced, Jay Veraday Was my head coach when I got traded to Sioux City so both—that's oh, both, right. Yes, both those guys in the Red Wings head coach, assistant coach. Um, I played. for. You love to see
0: him climb the ranks. So you start out in the USHL. Like, do you ever picture yourself making the national? Like, right? Fucking coaching the Detroit Red Wings? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Picture a bigger fucking team to coach. Mm-hmm. It's
2: right. Insane. Your, your
1: your boss is Stevie Y. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no,
2: but I I do want to mention that that team was awesome. Like, you guys were just yep. great people. Like. I was coming. I came from high school or whatever. It was after my junior or senior year, whatever it was. You know, I did one of those before and afters, and all these guys were fucking awesome. You know, it was yeah. him, Andy Walensky, a Duluth guy that I grew up with. Um, was he on the team yet at that yep. point? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a great and
2: player. Then, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Broadhurst and all these guys. You show up in the locker room and it was like yeah. you were part of the team. It was, it was. Murmuth, uh, yeah. Sheldon Dries, yeah. Uh,
1: Nick a, was is still a really good player. Um, Marcus Lordson who he plays in the SHL he's a really good defenseman. Yeah, we, I mean we had a, we had a great team, right? Yeah.
2: It was, it, and it, you're just great guys. Great team, great guys. It was like every single time they went out on the ice they were winning. It was crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Jordo, yeah. I, I we have to ask cuz I think you're gosh, I think he's the first he's the first first rounder first round draft pick that we've had on the podcast. I um, think so so like what what type of pressure does that put on you like obviously during the year you kind of know where you're sitting at in the central rankings you know you got craig button releasing yep. the rankings halfway through and you're you're obviously looking at him like oh fuck i'm i'm up there like
3: right
1: I mean, what's well, bobby margarita mckenzie got me out? always got me a 32 <laughs> oh fuck <I'm laughs> <Yeah. better. laughs>
0: yeah. like what are your thoughts there like and then and then you go to the draft like what's the mindset there? Like fucking you, you're seeing guys getting picked before you, or you're, you like, fuck is that? Like I'm better than this fucking guy. Like,
1: yeah, I, I think for me uh, also, I think like I was, I was kind of in that range from anywhere from like 15 to 45. Like I was, you know, teams that maybe, you know, move up to take me cause they, they saw some skill or whatever. There's also teams probably like, you know, this guy can't play a lick of defense or whatever it was. So I, I was kind of in a range of like, you know, I thought there was a, there was a good chance I would go in the first round, but I also could slide to the second. So going into that day, I, you know, you know, your agents say, like, Oh yeah, you're going first round. Of course he's pumping your tires. Oh, and all yeah. that. But, you know, I didn't really have, you know, any expectations. I thought, you know, I had to put myself in a, in a pretty good spot, you know, being that I had a good playoff. We won, I had a good regular season, you know, to go in the first round. And I thought, uh, I honestly thought Chicago was going to take me at 17. Cause I had a really good meeting with, uh, with them at the time, the yeah. Bowman and those guys. And then uh, you know, a couple of picks passed. I didn't think any anyone in like from like 18 to, to 24 would really take me. And then 25, the blues were up again. I had a really good meeting with them and then a follow-up meeting. So I thought there was a good chance I might be sniffed there. Um ultimately they end up taking me, um, which was awesome, right? Like it's yeah, like what are your what are your
0: feelings when they call your name and you're sitting in that arena? You're like, I mean, it's yeah, be it, like holy fuck, like Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, the camera goes to you, yeah, you know, yeah. and you got the TSN, they're all talking about you. Too. yeah i mean it was awesome right my whole family was there nick was there um grandpa grandma um i believe uh derek Lalonde was there i believe and bubba were there as well so that was cool to have some support yeah. from UND. um it was in pittsburgh it was like the first year of their new arena so that was really cool um but yeah just like it's just a blur right like it's oh yeah you get yeah. up on stage you know you know you hand your blazer to gary bedman thanks buddy take this yeah you put your draft jersey on <laughs> and then after that you, you go down the, you go down the tunnel and you know you have a bunch of an array of interviews or whatever and then you kind of go to the prospect camp and that's when it kind of gets real right like i always yeah. i tell guys today like you know it's it's cool to get drafted in the first round but you know aside from draft day like dude you you're just back in the mill right like oh, you, yeah. you, probably, right you get right a little back, bit yeah. more uh probably a little bit more opportunity being a, a high pick and a first rounder but at the end of the day you, you still got to make it so 100%. i think like some guys get caught up in that stuff but yeah i mean it was it was awesome right like it was definitely a day I'll, I'll always remember
0: yeah i mean how do you not you know you get drafted first round i'm thinking to myself you know if i if i'm drafting the first round you know i'm walking around like done deal oh yeah Same. done deal it's over fucking first For sure. round you know fucking rice you fuck you guys right round yeah you, you go
1: can... round right you go it's...
0: third fourth, <laughs> Nice. yeah, like, oh, I'm
1: probably probably going to UND for, you know, two or three years and I'm yeah. stepping on the first power play, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then and then life kind of happens and yeah. you're like, "Oh, you know, it's that was the first time I really, you know, adv- kind of faced any adversity in my life, and especially hockey, right? Like I was always the guy that just showed up and, you know, I'm going to play 25 and I'm gonna be on the first power play. I'm not going to stretch before and we're going to have two and two, you know? Yeah. So that's when kind of you know you get to the minors and you, you get to you know battling and things like that. that's I think where you kind of really realize like it's it's pretty hard to make even if you are that high of a pick right for sure but,
0: yeah that, that would be tough for me I mean you know you, you just can't get fat and happy and when you when you get drafted it's easy to get fat and happy like you see it a lot of times but um, for sure no that's pretty cool and then and then I wanted to know you know when you're in juniors. I think you could you were committed to Wisconsin originally, right?
1: Yeah, young, like 14, yep.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, how was that process? You know, you committed to Wisconsin, and all of a sudden, I mean, what changed? Why did you want to go to UND after that?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I was in eighth grade at that time, and I had just gone to uh, UW's, kind of like uh, Minnesota. They would always put on that model camp, you know, for high school yeah. players. Yeah. So, uh, Wisconsin did a similar thing um, over at Cap Ice, And I had went to that um, and it was all high school players, you know, a lot of back in the day, like, you know, guys that were going to go to the USHL and there was good players at these camps. And I was an eighth grader and I went out there and, you know, I had a pretty good showing or whatever and snapping it. And they kind of approached me after that, um, you know, for a visit or whatever. And then it kind of came to the point where, you know, like they offered me a full ride and, you know, they wanted like a response, you know, not immediately, but within like, you know, a couple of days I'm like, well, you know, free school, like, you know, it's right here it's wisconsin like this is a no-brainer they got marco siki who's been well, pumping, g- pumping not- guys out pumping like you know jake Gardner, ryan mcdonough justin schultz all these defensemen he's pumping out to play in the nhl I'm like this is a done deal and then he ends up leaving when i'm uh just about to go to sioux city for camp he he ends up leaving so i'm like oh fuck like i don't know who they're gonna bring in the guy they bring in i didn't love it was uh bill butters not that I didn't know the guy or anything. I just thought, you know, I was really partial to us. I thought I had a really good relationship with him and it was all going to work out. So then I was like, well, you know what? And they were kind of struggling. Um, they took a big dip. They weren't very good for three or four years. And that was kind of at that time I ended up decommitting um, before I went into Sioux city and, you know, kind of all along, dude, I think I, I wanted to go to UND, right? Like my parents are from Bismarck, my grandpa, my whole family's from North Dakota. They all went to North Dakota. So, it was just kind of more of like maybe, you know, getting a little horny and committing at that age. Cause you see that as a young kid and then, you know, kind of taking a step back once Osiki leaves. And, you know, now I got a guy like Carrie eats coming to watch me play. And, you know, that was a done deal after that. Like, what are we doing here? I went to the UND hockey camp since I was six years old. Right. And yeah. always going to games, always rooting for the sue I had a fucking Sue head painted on my room since we were yeah. you know, seven years old since and so did Nick. So that was always, we always, you know, blood green and, it works out how it does, but yeah, that was a uh, that was crazy because that conversation to Michael leaves as a as a fourteen or fifteen year old was was not that uh, not imagine. that pleasant.
3: Yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: he's motherfucking me. I'm a fourteen year
3: old.
1: I get what you're saying, but you know I'm, I'm going up the forks, baby. I love the pet. You
0: know? Hundred <laughs> yeah. you know, percent. So. it's pretty similar to my story. Committed to Denver, and then you know young kid and then you you kinda grow up a little bit and you're like, "Ah, I fucking kinda want to go to Grand Forks. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. What what did I do? (laughs) Right. And then it it works out. You see that place, Oz, and you're just like, you know, there's there's nothing better, dude. Like, come on. You know, it's what are we talking about here? I still
0: yeah, I still remember I decommitted from Denver and I and I talked to Bubs after I decommitted from Denver because Tomer was playing on my team in Ann Arbor and and he called Bubs and he's like, hey gauge decommitted from denver you got (laughs) so bubs calls me right away that day and he's like gage i'm not gonna lie to you i mean i know it's a smaller town you know it's you're treated like you're you like you're an a-list celebrity in hollywood like you have no idea you know what it's gonna be like here and i'm like I'm fucking going to North Dakota
2: <laughs> yeah. well, gr- gr- growing up in Duluth, you know, I, yep. UMD bulldogs right there. My oh. whole, my whole yeah. mindset is there. You know what? You know, I want to be a bulldog. So I didn't even know what the Ralph was yeah. and I didn't even get a call in high school or whatever. So I went to juniors and did my thing. And then, uh, you know, I got nicely set up in Sioux city there. And all of a sudden North Dakota calls me up, says, Hey, come up on a visit. I go up there for two days I do it by myself. Parents didn't come up nothing. I go up there two days. Um, I'm sitting in the airport 9 a.m. I call Hack. I'm I'm in. <laughs> it, it it wasn't even close. I didn't know the facilities. I didn't know anything. But as soon as it was over, it was like how yeah. how do you say no to that? It's pretty crazy. You,
1: yeah. you know how do you?
0: So Jordo, we always ask um, guys. You know, like everyone's got this, everyone's got this feeling, you know, you, you, you got this vision, what it's going to be like, get, getting to college, being a college hockey player. What's it like getting to campus for your freshman year? Students are arriving, you know, seasons, you know, you're doing workouts. What's that feeling like? Was it close to the vision you had? Was it different? You know, how was
1: that? Oh, dude, it was unbelievable, man. Like it's like I was saying earlier, like when I got up there, I just, I didn't want to leave. You know, I, I didn't do the summer um, coming into my freshman year because I just had a lot of stuff going on. We played till like June 1st with the Clarkie. And then I had the combine, the draft, prospects camp. So I didn't get up there till like mid-August. And, you know, I had been around Forks a ton. So I, I knew the town like the back of my hand already and things like that. And not like the ins and outs, but just how to get around. It's only 50,000 people. So, you know, showing up there uh, first day, Walsh Hall, um, you know, I mean, we had three guys in our room, right? Brent Shizek was the odd man out. We had five guys in our class to start. And it was, so it was Colton Sanderson, Drake Cajuler of the pairing. And then on the first floor was me and Zane McIntyre. But Shizek had a random roommate. And this guy was just, I mean, he was, he was just a, you know, a little off. So he didn't <laughs> want to stay in there. We ended up having three guys, you know, in a 12 by 12 dorm room for the whole year. You know what I mean? Oh, so right there, right there. I'm like, fucking right. So let's go. Boys. You know, like, you know, let's You're loving this this, it. this yeah. is right up my alley. We're fucking essentially in a tent right now for 10 months. So we do that. And then, you know, man, like the workouts and just, you know, seeing the pros that were there before the season. Oh, she, um, Guys yeah. like Matt Green, um, all these, you know, great players that are coming. In. I'm like, holy fuck, like these guys are coming back here. This must be the real deal. Brock Nelson. Yeah. And then you get into the season, you get through Ironman and it's just, you know, all that. And then you finally get to the season, you get to that, you know, the first exhibition game and you see a line of students of 300 people right next to the, you know, the parking gate waiting to get in the rink at the same time you're showing up and it's 4 p.m. And I'm like, man, this is this is the coolest thing I've ever been a oh. part of these people are waiting to watch me, you know, go play and all of our boys. Like,
3: yeah.
1: I just couldn't believe how cool it was that those students are sitting out there and it's negative 40, you know, and just the dedication of the whole town has to the Sioux and the team is just, it's literally like, you know, I, I don't want to keep pumping the tires, but it's people that, you know, haven't seen her, not a part of it. You just, you truly don't get it because it's how special it is. So the palace of pain man it was it was everything i lived up to and saw man i yeah the smell in there was different you know it's just a different type of smell it's like holy fuck this That's, is a national oh weather. that
0: smell when you walk in there it's like the best oh. smell in the world
2: You're cinnamon like, yeah. almonds Jesus. or whatever the hell they had cooking on. Yeah.
1: yes <laughs> cinnamon almonds in a very you know distinct cleaning scent too you know? just, <laughs> yeah, oh, totally just smelled right. mint it smelled mint
0: and then you step on the ice right after shoot to thrill
1: Oh, not for no warm, buck. Yeah, not- never. We used to go no bucket too for the skate out. So sick. Oh my god, I would be in the mirror just looking at myself like oh god, <laughs> yeah.
2: everybody. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. in there. You fixing Bro, up yeah. the we're, ball. On, the, oh, we're yeah. on the
1: bathroom like fixing our oh. hair. Like how's it looking? Yeah, good. Oh, and then like you know the lights go off and they do the starting lineups and, and I made it my goal you know to spray that cheerleader who actually ended up being Laurel Sanderson because I played right D. <laughs> And I come up the right dot as hard as I can, and i fucking put on the brakes and I just give her the biggest snowplow every time, you know? <laughs> just that feeling of like, let's go, you know, like you're, right you're, out of the gates.
0: You're fucking skato at UND when they announced the starting lineup and you just fire out of the gates as fast as <laughs> you can and stop them. <laughs> <him>. It's <laughs> so nail. Oh, there's no better <laughs> so feeling, man.
3: Good.
0: So. Oh, it's unbelievable. So obviously you have a good career at UND. Um We go to the frozen four, we lose a BU or whatever. Yep. Your junior year. Yep. What's it like making, I mean, I know that was a hard decision for you to leave. How do you make the decision? You know, what's it like getting into pro hockey after that?
1: Yeah. I mean, hindsight's always 2020, right? Like I I maybe could have used another year and who knows if we would have won anyways, but I think, um, yeah, dude, you get thrown into pro, um, and you kind of just, uh, you try to find your way, right? Like you, you're trying to find out, you know, what type of player I could be. Can I do this? Does this work in this league? You know, is it going to work up top and how do I really translate? And then you can kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a lot different. Ozzy is, and also, as you know, it becomes a business. Um, even as a high pick, you know, you, you still got to earn it. You still got to, you know, team wants you to play a certain way. And uh, if you don't play that certain way, maybe it's not a match or, and all those little different intangibles. So I think for me for a while there, it, it took me, a little bit get used to right like you maybe I'm playing on a second power play maybe I'm not penalty killing and you know I've done that my whole life so I think in that sense you, you kind of got to find your way and for me that took a little bit uh, of time and then ultimately I was able to to make it up to the NHL by playing well in the in the junkie but at the same time I, I think um, I was never really able to cement myself you know what I mean like in Saint Louis, Louis, at the time, right, they had guys like Shattenkirk, Pareko, Petrangelo on the right side, um, and Bortuzzo. So, for me, it was it was a little bit harder to to kind of find where I fit in that lineup. Um, yeah, and yeah, it just it's it's it just becomes a business when, as you guys know, right? When, it's, uh,
2: yeah. When when did you realize, you know, when did the business side kind of hit you in the face? Like, okay, you know, it's not totally about my skill and how I play. You know, when when did the business side hit you?
1: I think like right after my first camp, I got cut like in like four or five days, you know, like first round picks, they normally like stay like, you know, they kind of massage them, they kind of groom them up to, to, you know, maybe they get another exhibition game or whatever it is. And I was just like sent down right away. I'm like, what is going on? But the blues were such an old school team at the time. And they still are a little bit, but you know, coached by Ken Hitchcock, old school guy. They don't want rookie defensemen, especially guys that, you know, are puck movers and yeah. not like, you know, fighting or putting it off the wall or whatever that is. So You're not taking Bortuzzo's well, thank... spot. Right, exactly. And they had their power play guys with Shadi and, you know, Petrangelo, even Pareko. So for me, uh, that that's where it was kind of like, okay, well, uh, you know, I got to find a, a way to do this. It's not going to be this year. I know that because they're loaded. Maybe not even going to be next year, you know, because they all these guys are coming back on contracts. So for me, it was just like, I think I got a little bit, um, you know, distracted in the fact that I wanted to make it so bad versus worrying about dominating at the level that you're currently at. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and then, Jodo, I did want to talk about um, your story in San Antonio, your road trip. I think the <laughs> listeners want to hear about the road trip you guys had and and
1: Oh my God, I should have worn the t shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the document the documents you have from that trip are just oh my legendary. God.
1: So I that year um I made the team out of camp. I stayed with the blues up until about well, it was February first or January thirty first. And I get sent down to the junkie. I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, let's, let's go. It's right around the all-star break. I'm like, okay, let's, you know, I had been playing much. If I was playing, I was playing, you know, probably 10 minutes a night, not really doing a whole lot out there. So I needed some reps. So they sent me down and just in time for the San Antonio rodeo road trip. And that consists of a full month. So as the rodeo comes into town to San Antonio, and they take out the AT&T center for the whole month. So the spurs go on the road but they also have their all-star break tied into that. So they don't miss that much time. But for the Jungie, that's the whole month. So we set out on the road on February 2nd. Um, We flew into Iowa. We played Iowa twice. Then we flew in to Milwaukee, played Milwaukee, played Chicago the next night, Rockford. Then we went up to Grand Rapids for two games. Had like two days off in Grand Rapids after that. Flew all the way to the West Coast, (laughs) played Ontario uh, twice, San Diego once. And then we finished two games in Colorado. It was the whole month of February. But the whole time, dude, it's just like, you know, our team's terrible. We're losing every game. We're staying at the shittiest hotels. We're staying at (laughs) Holiday Inn Express, you know, outside of the Ontario, you know, mall in California um and it was just hilarious just all the like the delays that happened all all the little shit not on you know on top of you know losing every game too which is just (laughs) hilarious but just talk about your all-time you know backfire in the nhl thinking you're gonna be up for the whole year all of a sudden you're sent down to san antonio and you're doing a 30-day road trip through the fucking (laughs) whole western jungle i'm like holy fuck you know i'm in one here but some great stops along the ways you know i mean we were able to get to uh to some good old stomping grounds a place I took the boys in Milwaukee a place called Wolski's Tavern which has metal tip darts so it wasn't all bad right but it was just it was so funny just that that whole excursion because it was outrageous dude like how do you pack for a 30-day road trip <laughs> the best part about it was we played that last game in Loveland Colorado we flew back the next day we had a game the following day like <laughs> give us a fucking break
3: you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> like holy fuck <laughs> just, sleeping, apples. just sleeping in a hotel room for 30 oh days my god you should have it.
1: seen like our older guys in that team like they must have aged 10 years in that trip man <laughs> it was just insane. you know what i mean you know it's kind of like right around the time um you know that song from what is it uh bradley cooper and yeah, the movie.
3: yeah what is uh,
1: that a star is born, Stars born yeah, yeah. We had that going every morning before morning skate. You just look around, just twenty three depressed individuals. Tell me something, boy. Are you happy in this modern world? You know, or do you need more? Everyone's just head down. Like holy fuck, we got to touch the sheet again. Oh man. That was an all time trip. I mean, we could have an episode literally on that trip just to how, how many events happened, but, um, you know, we'll leave it at that. Cause it's, yeah. Fuck. That was fun. That was
0: an all timer following along. Cause you had the t-shirt and you were sending updates every day, like
1: day two yep. 30 day two. So I kept, I kept the, the final game of the Loveland trip. I kept the stick that I used for the whole, I wanted to use one stick for the whole rodeo road trip. It didn't break and I ended up using it. Um, And I wrote down every one of the games and the results on it. I'll have to send you guys a picture when I get home because I still have the stick, and it's literally just L, L, (laughs) L. You (laughs) You have to. Every game was just a loss.
0: It was so funny (laughs) seeing the record. L, 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 L. (laughs) Oh, he squeaked out a win here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, reached one out. Oh, yeah, and that game in Rockford, too, on that Sunday, I had my whole family there because it was like, you know, it's like 50 minutes from Verona it was a three and three we're finishing up in rockford i'm like holy fuck it's a matinee i end up going minus five in that game (laughs) you want a minus five you know what i mean i'm already like minus 20 because our team's so fucking bad you know (laughs) at this point i've only played like 20 games in the ahl this year and i'm minus 20 i'm like holy fuck time for a dart fella (laughs) We'll have a smoke and try to figure this one out. Cause I think that's the only thing helping this. Oh yeah. Oh man.
0: Just doing anything it takes. I gotta try this.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm
0: going to try so. the I'm going to try the, uh, Daniel tears the, uh, <laughs> Indiana ice. I'm going to go smoke. I'm going to smoke a dart in between the second and the third. See yeah. if it helps.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a trip. I'll never, I mean, the guys on this, on that team, like my good buddy, Joe Lalezia, um, who played at Denver, he'll still text me about that trip, you know, to this day, just, yeah. How big of a goddamn nightmare it was, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds miserable. Oh, it was awful.
0: <laughs> so then, Jordo, you you end up going over to Finland last year, your first yep. year overseas. Um, wh- what was that experience like? I mean, how different is it? Is it similar?
1: Yeah, it's it was awesome. Like I'd never been to to Finland before. I'd been to you know other uh, Nordic countries and cities, you know, like Stockholm and some of these other places but never to Finland. I had no expectations. I had just kind of word of mouth with the, from a bunch of different Finnish buddies that, you know, Helsinki's awesome. You're going to love it. It's a very international city. Um, there's plenty to do. So I kind of went out on a limb and it was just like, you know what, you know, let's change something up here. I was kind of stuck in a role in the American league where I was kind of just become, you know, almost a veteran where they're, you know, given Johnny the third round pick two years ago, the power play time instead of set of me and rightfully so, right. It's just kind of how the, the, ahl is built right it's a prospect driven league so i kind of got to a point where i needed to get more reps i needed to play a big role and that was a team willing to to give me that opportunity but dude uh, the hockey was unbelievable i mean that rink is just so cool and in helsinki where ifk plays it's like a very historic uh building really old school uh seats about eighty two hundred, and they pack it almost every night so into the passion of of all the fans and things like that it was the playing style like i was telling you boys before it it was a little different right it's uh it's more defensive um a little bit more trapping things like that but um as far as just like the finnish culture uh the people and the things like that like it it couldn't have worked out better man like it's some of the nicest people i've ever met uh very welcoming um you know, loved having me in the locker room, at least I think they did. They were laughing at my joke. So, <laughs> yeah. and I, thinking, I, I think I brought a different element to to these guys that they had never seen before, right? Like traditional Finnish guys, very, you know, by the book, military driven, um, you know, quiet, work their bag off, sure. do whatever they're told. And I know I come in and just kind of loosen it up, you know, was, hey, yeah. fella, how you doing? You know, yeah. like, you know, just let's go snap it or whatever. And they were kind of catching on to the, to the terminology and things like that. So, I think you know. If anything, I had a bigger impact, or I hope I did, on the people than the actual hockey part. Because sure. that was a lot of fun, man. Just meet new teammates and, and things like that. So,
0: oh, it's got to be an unbelievable experience going over there and
1: yep. just
0: seeing different things. And obviously, you, like you said, they they're selling out the they're selling out the rink. That's yep. a little different from the American League, you know, where you're yep. fucking playing the matinee games in front of fifty people, and you're like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs>
1: Right. Exactly. Yes. And it was just, it was literally like the biggest thing in town. Right. So it was was cool. Like the the support, like all the billboards around town or IFK um, and things like that. So it was really cool that way. Um, You know, aside from the sun going down at about 3 p.m. um, (laughs) midwinter, I had a great experience. You know, you're sitting at (laughs) in your you know, apartment or condo or whatever, you're looking at the time and the sun's going down, it's 2.47, like, fuck, I can't slide, I can't slide to the bar yet, you know, it's too early, you know, I gotta wait till at least five, you know, come on, I'll yeah. have some discipline here, fella.
0: Happy right. yeah. hour right.
1: right, hasn't even started yet. Yeah, exactly, so.
2: So how about the the whole atmosphere, you know, the schedule, you know, yep. the workouts, obviously you talk about that awful trip with fucking San Antonio, How yep. how is that different, you know, you said it was defensive. The AHL's kind of defensive in that way too. Um, what are kind of the compare, you know, compare and contrast the two leagues? Um, and yeah, yeah. I guess just the overall view of your, you know, the AHL versus overseas.
1: Right. I think you know, in terms of the travel, like it was great. Like you're just that's kind of the, one of the reasons why the the league Liga attracted me because you're most nights you're sleeping in your bed. Like the, our farthest trip was an hour flight and that was to wave you know olu finland which was you know eight and a half eight and a half hours if you're driving so most trips you know were hour, you know 45 minutes two hours three hours four hours nothing crazy that way um and you're playing about two and a half weeks or two and a half games per week is kind of the average so it's a 60 game schedule but in terms also of like the playing style i think um the Finnish league has like you know amazing young players now like the First overall pick, that Sufkowski. I played against him in a best of seven playoff series, and probably you know seven more times during the year. Um, some of these other guys that they've had, probably you know two or three other first round picks come out of the Liga. So I think it's a really good young league. I think um, in terms of like comparing it to the AHL, I think the AHL obviously you know has higher end skill, um, but these Finnish guys, man, they the they work so hard. You know what I mean? Like that's why it's so hard because. Yeah, some Finnish players maybe are not as skilled or, you know, maybe they don't have the vision that some of these North American guys have or even Swedish players. But the work is what is what's crazy, man. Like these guys are workhorses. They're going, you know, two skates a day. They're going for a jog in the middle of winter. You're doing a five or a 10 K after a practice, even after a game, you know, they're like, fella, they call me like, fella, you coming outside for a run? (laughs) No boys. I'll be in the lounge, you know, rolling it out. You know, you go for a run, right? (laughs) Have fun boys. Put the Canada goose on and let me know how it was. um, In that terms, dude, it was, it was nuts. Like the, the, the work is insane. And I think that's very driven from, you know, everyone in Finland being a male, I don't know about females, but at 18, you got to serve a stint in the military. You got to do basic training. So yeah. I think that really instills that uh hard work in their culture and it just translates over to hockey cuz these guys are fucking yeah. freaks, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. So you said you
0: played against the first round pick there. I mean, you, Yep. Could you tell he was a first overall pick or I mean, could you, you know see what? that? Like I feel like you see a first first overall pick, it's like okay, that's a first overall pick, right? Like
3: could yep. you
1: I couldn't, you know what, to be honest, like, you know, I'm not sitting up here saying I'm Darren Drager, Bobby McKenzie, but just playing against some really good player. Um, you could see the potential, just the body, um, the skill Um, But in terms of like putting it all together, I don't think he's there yet. You know what I mean? I don't think he's a guy that steps into the National League and plays next year. If he does, I don't know how many points he would have just because I think he's got a, yeah, he's a beast, man, but I think he needs to figure out how to put it all into one, you know what I mean? Like he's got the body, but he doesn't really know how to use it as well as he should against pro players yet. Um, But yeah, he was a good player. He didn't have crazy numbers, but I just, I can't imagine being like a 17-year-old kid, you know, trying to play in a, in a pro hockey league. Like, you know, Man, like that's a sport, right? Like playing like a top six role and things like that. He got a lot better at the end of the year though. And I think he's going to be a really good player. I just think um it might take him a little longer as far as like, you know, some Shoo in first overall picks. It's like you you put him in the league the next year and they got like seventy points, right? Oh, yeah.
3: So I don't think he's
1: I don't think he's I don't think he's that guy, right? Yeah. But
3: yeah.
1: I'm just but one he, guy he, talking on a podcast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he, I mean he's fucking. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's the he's the traditional. You know, he's like he's tall, right? He's huge, yep. is not he? He's like six four, six five, or something. Just yeah. big body. Like, yep. You take a risk on those guys, but right? I mean, he could be good. He's playing with who's he gonna play with? Like Caulfield and
1: yep. Like I think, I think if he can put it together, his ceiling is through the roof. Just because his body, man, he's a he's a freak. You know, yeah, like yeah. he was hard to he was hard to hit as a seventeen year old. and Wait till he's twenty two when he's two forty. You know, like that is, so we'll see. That,
2: that is the crazy thing to think about. Like you, you, you know, you were coming into your draft year. You played a couple of years or a year at juniors or whatever. Um, you think of the Minnesota high school guys. You know, we're playing against you know yeah Bobby Boucher from fucking you know (laughs) Alexandria
1: right like
2: exactly so you know just like the comparison you know it's pretty cool to say like you could tell he got better throughout the year so it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know how he grows as a player I don't know it's just just interesting to see hear your view because obviously you've seen him I have no idea who the fuck this guy is
1: like once he came back from the Olympics he did well there. He was struggling in Liga to that point. He was kind of playing up and down between uh, TPS their pro team and their U20 team. And then he came back from you know the Olympics after he had a really good showing and I think that just boosted his confidence and you could really see it was coming out. So he's obviously um, going to be a good player. He's one overall. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good. Good <to> you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um Joro, let's uh You've got the you've got the ninety three point one bit going. Let, let's yep. hear a little. Let's hear a little bit. A little bit about that. I kind of want to hear a skit about it, and then how how you thought of like your jokes. I, I want to get inside your head. How you like create them? Like how do you get to them?
1: Yeah, you know, and also I, I don't know. I think it starts with you know hanging around one of our special friends, Colton Sanderson, for a long time. Yeah, um, guys like you know even Brent Chizik, just like small town, Western Canadian guys, you know, we, you know, we'd always listen to the radio, even driving to the rink, 95, seven, the forks, you know, they call Chicago, the windy city. Yeah. Right. 95.7 95.7 the it, or just little things like that, like little one-liners that I always would try to pick yeah. up on and, you know, we'd be hot stove it and we'd be doing our own radio show or, or DJing or, you yeah. know what I mean? So it just yeah. it was always trying to to one-up the other guy too, yeah. with, you know, something that's funny. And, you know, even still to this day, I'll, I'll give uncle Rico a call and be like, yeah, I'm calling you about that, you know, that Winnebago you're trying to sell, that 22 footer, you know, you sitting in your front lawn or whatever it is, you yeah. know, just calling in or whatever. Yeah. So That's kind of how uh, 93.1 was born. And then, dude, I just, you know, I'll pick a song on a random day when I'm bored in the car. And if it's a, you know, usually like an old school type banger and I'll do one or two takes. And if it's a good day, it's one. If it's a bad day, it's three. And I'll throw it out there and (laughs) give the people what they want, you know.
3: (laughs) Unbelievable. I I
1: love that.
2: 95.7 The Forks. I'll never forget. This just popped in my head. I haven't thought about it in years, but it's grab your forks, desserts, next.
1: (laughs) 95.7.
3: 95.7.
2: <laughs> they had some yeah. good one liners. Yeah,
3: because
1: that guy, whoever was at 95.7, man, I always wanted to meet him. And I, we would literally just listen to that all day because yeah. a guy like Connor Garter, when he picked me up in his shitty ass 94, you know, Toyota Forerunner, <laughs> he didn't have an aux cord. He didn't have CDs. Yeah. We were just listening to the Forks, baby. And that's <laughs> how I kind of started listening to it, you know, it's it's all time.
0: Oh, it's so good. Well, Jordo, um, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate having you here. Uh, yeah, that was
1: awesome, boys. I would, man, uh, I would love to, to it do it again. You look great in the Butter Golf gear too. You got to yeah, get that okay. on the course.
2: Yeah, I was I was going to bring that back up. Look into Butter Golf. You guys on Instagram, do you guys have a website, or is it just social medias right now?
1: Uh, social medias right now. Website uh, just got finished up today, so don't quote me on it. We're thinking Wednesday or Thursday drop of this week, like an official launch. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be up uh, for people to buy. By the end of this week.
0: What are so. you th- What are you thinking about for What's the website name going to be called? Do you have a URL yet?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's www.butter.golf. So it's uh, it should be live, like I said, at least by Thursday, so we can start pumping it out then um, to the good people. But yeah, people should be on the lookout. We got all of our inventory stocked up. Uh, just kind of waiting on a little few details with the website and the shipping, and that got figured out today. So um, yes, hopefully in the next forty eight hours. We will be live and, you know, heading over to UPS and uh, oh, yeah. start slinging it.
2: I love so. it.
0: Fuck yeah. So. Well, check listeners, check out www.butter.golf and get your merch. Jardo will send it out, UPS, wherever it is. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, baby, I'll sling that to you. Crispy rice.
2: I love it. I love it. We appreciate you, Jardo. Always a, always a pleasure. Would love to see you in the Minneapolis, uh, greater St. Paul area here soon.
1: For sure, boys. That was awesome. And uh, I can't wait for next time. Next time, let's do it in studio. We'll yep. run it back.
0: Yeah, we'll run it back.
1: See okay. you
0: next week, everyone. Thanks.
1: Yep.